The average person spends 44 minutes a day thinking about food. At Oz Harvest, thinking about food is a full-time job because we're always looking for new ways to nourish our country and combat food waste and hunger. Every day, we rescue quality surplus food across Australia and deliver it to those who'd otherwise go hungry. And you can help. Every dollar donated to Oz Harvest can provide two meals to people in need. Visit ozharvest.org. Thought for food. Hi, this is Missy Higgins for RAD, recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving. I see a lot of things at gigs, mostly people having a good time and a few drinks. But what I'd hate to see is someone getting behind the wheel after they'd been drinking. Being even a little bit over the limit makes it too easy to lose control. So if you plan to drink, plan ahead. Arrange a designated driver who won't drink. Remember, music lives and you should too. Life can be really tough when you or a close family member has cancer. But if you're 12 to 25, Canteen's in your corner. Canteen provides whatever practical and emotional support you need, from connecting you with other young people who get what you're going through, to helping you develop new skills to cope, and just bringing back some fun into your world. So if cancer's messing with your life, check out canteen.org.au. And remember, Canteen's in your corner. What do you listen to while you're waiting for the next VFLW game on Wharf Radio? Do you long for the days when radio stations played music that you knew without being constantly bombarded with ads and by announcers who want to make it about themselves and not about the music? Welcome to GoRadio.Live. We're here 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, playing the very best music of the past 70 years. You can listen at www.GoRadio.Live or better still, download the free GoRadio.Live app for your Apple or Android device. GoRadio.Live. It's radio as it should be. G'day, I'm Michael Caton. The Australian Conservation Foundation's Green Home Program is all about saving our environment. A low-flow showerhead will save 10 litres. No showering at all will save 20. So when any of my active friends are a bit on the nose, I never judge them, but thank them for doing their bit to save water. For more information, go to www.acfonline.org.au slash greenhome and take action for our future generations. That's acfonline.org.au no matter what your age, most of us played sport when we were young and there was always one thing that made you want to disappear into the corner or even give up your chosen sport and that was when somebody on the sideline hurled abuse at either you or a teammate or an official. These are things that make sports so painful for so many kids and the time has come to stop it. I'm Usman Kawaja from the Australian cricket team. My message is a simple one. Let kids be kids. Let them enjoy their sport. Find out more at playbytherules.net.au. If you're after the most comprehensive coverage on women's football across Australia, then look no further than Rookie Me Central. Formerly Draft Central, Rookie Me Central has news and reviews, podcasts, videos, and much, much more on all the state leagues across the country, including the VFL Women's and NAB League Girls. Find out why everyone turns to Rookie Me Central for their women's football content. Follow Rookie Me Central on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube at Rookie Me Central. We'd like to show you what's dangerous about Australian rivers, but we can't. You can't see ice-cold water, snags like tree branches or strong currents, but they can be lethal. Although our rivers are beautiful, more Australians drown here than anywhere else. So please, wear a life jacket, avoid alcohol around water, Never swim alone and learn how to save a life. It's simple. Respect the river. 
For more information, visit royallifesaving.com.au forward slash respect the river. Feeling angry? Stressed out? Drop into the Reach Out website at reachout.com.au and we'll help you let it all out. When times are tough, clear your head at reachout.com.au. From Tony Sheehan Oval, La Trobe University, Bundura. This is the VFL Women's Match of the Day on WARFradio.com and coming up at 11am via the YouTube stream. It's Darabin versus Hawthorne in our Round 3 Clash. I'm Peter Holden. Thank you very much for your company this morning. We'll be counting down to our 11am bounce by catching up with the coach of Hawthorne very shortly and also the coach of the Darabin Falcons, a number of AFLW issues to chat about as well. Plus going through the results from last week in the VFLW. But let's introduce our commentary team. First of all, I start to my immediate left. You know him as the doc. He's commentary praised by Renee Tierney of Essendon. Here's the <laughs> one and only Alex Doherty. Oh, I, I lo- love that intro, Peter. Good morning to you and a good morning to everybody else. It's uh, Oh, look, it's a, it's a nice day for it. it it's not, not bad weather. The temperature's a, a bit bit uh, here and there. But, oh, geez, I lo- I'm, looking forward, I'm looking forward to this game. It's uh, first time seeing Darabin live for um, a, a, a good time, a good time. And, geez, I tell you what, things change, don't they? And Lucy Watkin will be joining us at about 10.30. She is working on, she normally lives on the north side of town. She's house-sitting on the south side of town. So that's a different time zone, obviously. <laughs> so she said she'll be running a bit late and will join us. But a person that is here on time, and let's head on down to the boundary line. A very good morning to John O'Van. Good morning, Pete. Good morning, Alex. And I just happen to have uh, Sheree O'Neill, the coach of Hawthorne, here with me. Good morning to you, Sheree. Uh, what were your thoughts on last week? Obviously a tough uh, day at the office, uh, travelling out to uh, Deakin. What were your main takeaways from that game? Uh, it was really positive, really. Um, so we knew that it was going to be a tough game against Geelong, um, but it gave us a good idea of where we're at at the moment, so plenty to work on. You made uh, two changes, bringing, uh, well, actually three, uh, bringing in two uh, debutantes in uh, Sarah Cameron and Lauren Camillary. Could you tell us a bit more about them? Um, yeah, they've both been really good. I mean, we've had a good, good depth across our team. Uh, and just waiting for that opportunity. So the last 24 hours have been very busy for us. So we've had a, a lot of ins and outs, and there's a new one too. Um, Alessia, she's she's in too. Um, so it's just been challenging, but I think these girls need to rise to the challenge, and I think they will today. Going off field for the moment, uh, just looking at uh, your fellow coaches, uh, one in particular is Meg Hutchins, making the transition uh, from player to coach. Has that been any different to her as a player? So I suppose, you know, being a runner and that... Uh, She's still that same mentor that we know. She definitely is, and she's a key person in our group. So she's um, a great a great mentor for our players, and she's been great for the coaching staff as well. She's going to transition into coaching really well. Awesome stuff. Let's go upstairs, Pete and Alex. Thank you very much, Coach. Thanks very much for joining us here on the pregame show. I guess, I guess the big question we need to ask about Hawthorne for this VFLW 2020 campaign, uh, is it almost a normal year where you're shooting for the flag, or is it a bit like, say, 2018 with Melbourne University and North Melbourne where the wins are nice, but the main goal of this season is to audition for who will eventually make your AFLW list? Uh, I 
probably think that we've got two goals and one is definitely to win a flag, like that's always a good thing, uh, but also to develop these players because you're right, they want to play AFLW, so we're, we're trying to transition them into that. Sherry, you've got Doc here. Thanks for joining us this morning. Um, obviously, the news about Bridget Deed being the first Hawthorne player on the list is, uh, is fantastic for the club. But has, has there been any discussion about what sort of list you're building heading into 2023? Yeah, Bridget's great signing. Um, and I think that there's many more just knocking on the door, so um, providing great opportunities. Uh, the young talent coming up is very exciting, so uh, it's a big space to watch. One player I saw walk by, obviously doing some warm-ups. She's trying to come back from that ACL that she did in round one last year. Much loved player throughout the competition is dressed is Jess Trend. Um, how is she tracking at the moment in her possible return? No, Trendy's on track. She's been doing all the right things and um, ticking all the boxes it takes to come back. So we're hoping uh, in the second half of the season we might be able to see her. You've got a good uh, good portion of ex AFLW players on the list today playing. Um, who, who, are you, who are you excited to see play out there today and who are you sort of pushing to try and make that jump back into the AFLW? Um, probably, oh, there's a really good core group of people, but, um, oh, that's a really good question. <laughs> I'd have to think about that because there's, there's probably about four or five of them that we're really relying on in our midfield. So hopefully they step up and um, we introduced our structures a bit late this year. So we're really just trying to focus in on that and uh, playing that team role. So we'll see how it goes. And like you said with those AFLW players, you've picked up some quality talent. Like one of the most spot is Emma Humphrey. She's been around for a bit originally from Tasmania, playing with the Bernie Dockers, uh, through um, uh, the Bulldogs, then out to Melbourne. How has she slotted into the Hawthorne team? She's been fantastic. We've been playing her on a wing roll, um, giving us some great pace down the side there, some really good turn of speed. Um, so she's definitely one to watch. I'd like to see her step up into that AFLW space. Looking at the opposition today, uh, Sherry, what have you identified as, as one of the key points of interest to try and nullify how they play? Um, I suppose we've been doing a bit of a look at it, but um, with so many changes in and out of the game, we've kind of scrapped all our focuses and we're basically just trying to play that one-on-one -on -one game footy. So there's a lot of changes in and out and a lot of new faces um, debuting today. So our key focus is one-on-one, -on -one, playing that team game of footy. Darabin are going to bring it today, so we're under no illusions that this is going to be a tough game for us as well. And one last question before we let you go. Obviously, your AFLW coach is Beck Goddard. None of her humour's rubbed off on you, has it? <laughs> no, it hasn't. I heard she likes a story. But, um, she's, been, she's been great for me, great mentor. So, uh, yeah, just been touching base with her and making sure we work together in that space. And, yeah, seeing how we can move forward. Well, Sherry, thank you very much for joining us here on the pregame show on wolfradio.com. We wish you and the Hawks all the very best today against the Falcons. Thanks for having me. That is the coach of the Hawthorne in the VFLW, Sherry O'Neill, joining us here on the pregame show. Coming up at around about 10.30, we'll be catching up with Kate Tyndall, the coach of the Darabin Falcons. Um, but as, as you can hear, very confident, but... Like we said, there's almost two masters to serve. Yes, they want to win a flag. They want to be up there. A bit like how Geelong made that grand final in 2018 before they entered the AFLW. But the realities do come home. They've got to try and sort out in what the space of three months, right, who do we want to pick to play AFLW? Yeah, well, it's um, it's, it's a very good dilemma to have, uh, Peter. And we've, we, we've talked on the list already. There's quite a few ex-AFLW players trying to make that jump. And it's also... They're, it sounds like they're going to be a, a bit reliant on nabbing players that, that have played at the Eastern Rangers who have been affiliated with Hawthorne over the last 12 to so months. So I'll tell you what, it's um, it's going to be interesting to see how this Hawthorne team stacks up today. As, as Cherie said, one-on-one -on -one footy, it's, it, it's, sort of, it's the kind of footy that I like. I love that one-on-one -on -one contest stuff. 
Well, we might go down to the boundary line again with uh, John O'Venn uh, just before we hit our break. Uh, John, what are the conditions looking like here at uh, Latrobe Uni? Because if I'm correct, was there a tournament also played on this ground last Sunday? Yes, there was, uh, the Nations Footy Cup. So that was, uh, well, uh, it looks like there was not much foot traffic at all. You know, there are a few uh, stud marks around the ground, but to be honest, it's a fantastic surface out here. But uh, just as I was uh, um, interviewing Cherie, started to get very hot and muggy and uh well either the, U uh, the uv rays are starting to hit or it's just getting just weirder and weirder more humid so yeah uh, plenty of clouds in the sky but um yeah perfect deck not much yeah. sun but still plenty of humidity the funny thing you say how it's uh, getting humid you got don carbone on the list on the darwin buffaloes <laughs> up in the nt she's gonna walk out go jesus carl <laughs> <laughs> you reckon well tell you what she's having a um uh, a great uh, year so far. She was, uh, she, uh, yeah, she played well last week, and I tell you what, in these conditions, uh, it's going to be no different, I reckon. Absolutely, looking forward to that. Uh, still to come on our pre-game show, as we said, Kate Tindall, we're going to be discussing that GWS and St Kilda game. Mm. Oh, how that finished in the AFLW, and also we'll go in a little bit more depth about Bridget Deed being signed by the Hawthorne Football Club as their first ever AFLW player. All that's coming up on our pre-game show. Bounce down at 11 a.m. The mate with the high-tech Bluetooth fish finder, but not a life jacket. You know the type. So when enjoying the water, make the right call to keep your mates safe. Make sure they wear a life jacket. A message from your mates at Royal Life Saving. Hi, Kirk Pengilly from InXS here. And whether it's music, sweet things, puppies, movies, we all love our treats. But our eyes need treating too. 300,000 Australians, including me, are affected by glaucoma. Diagnosed early, glaucoma can be managed. Left undiagnosed, it can cause blindness. So treat yourself by treating your eyes to a simple test. Book your test at treatyoureyes.org.au today. Stroke can happen to anybody at any age. The best way to help someone is to learn the signs of stroke and know how to act fast. F is for face. Has their face drooped? A is for arms. Can they lift both arms? S is for speech. Is their speech slurred? Do they understand you? T is for time. Call triple zero. Time is critical. If you see any of these symptoms, act fast. Learn the signs of stroke and you could save a life. Go to strokefoundation.org.au forward slash fast to find out more. No business wants to throw money away. But did you know sending resources to landfill can be more expensive than recycling them? Planet Ark's free business recycling service can kickstart your workplace recycling journey, help you find the right recycling solutions and give you a competitive edge. Join the 1 million Australians using business recycling to keep valuable resources in circulation. Visit businessrecycling.com.au. It's just good business. Hi, Matt Welsh here. In Australia, drowning is one of the biggest killers of kids under five. So take a few minutes to check your pool barrier set for this summer. Visit kidsafe.com.au to find out how. Because safe barriers save lives. If you're after the most comprehensive coverage on women's football across Australia, then look no further than Rookie Me Central. Formerly Draft Central, Rookie Me Central has news and reviews, podcasts, videos, and much, much more on all the state leagues across the country, including the VFL Women's and NAB League Girls. Find out why everyone turns to Rookie Me Central for their women's football content. Follow Rookie Me Central on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Rookie Me Central. What do you listen to while you're waiting for the next VFLW game on Wharf Radio? 
you long for the days when radio stations played music that you knew without being constantly bombarded with ads and by announcers who want to make it about themselves and not about the music? Welcome to GoRadio.Live. We're here 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, playing the very best music of the past 70 years. You can listen at www.goradio.live or better still, download the free goradio.live app for your Apple or Android device. Goradio.live, it's radio as it should be. Live from La Trobe University, Bundura, Tony Sheehan Oval. It's quarter past ten and you're on the BFLW Match of the Day pre-game show on wolfradio.com. 11 a.m. bounce we have for the Darabin Falcons and Hawthorne. Just a friendly reminder as well, we've sent the B team out to uh, Casey Fields, Brent Sternberg and Elise Collette on the YouTube stream at 1 o'clock. We'll be calling the game between Casey Demons and North Melbourne. Stick around for that one. That uh, gentlemen, we've got John O'Van up here and uh, Alex Stockley. Lucy Watkin will join us at 10.30. Going to raise the GWS and St Kilda game because yeah, well. we, we had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night football. Started off Monday night. Melbourne came from the bleachers and, and knocked off Brisbane in a great comeback. The Bulldogs came from behind and almost pinched it against the Suns. It was a draw. Everyone's going, what two fantastic games. Then the Saints, they were up. They were up by less than a kick with 30 seconds to go against GWS and everyone thought, what another tremendous finish. Kat Smith had the ball. She was half forward, 60 metres out. She's launched. It's going in the direction of Cora Staunton. Now, I just want to advise, I'm quickly getting this sneaky watch in at work, so I had the volume down. <laughs> I didn't hear the commentary, and then I hear Staunton <laughs> stop, and it looks like someone went with her, and I thought at that stage, oh, it looks like it might be chopping of the arms, free kick 35 metres out. But no. Kate Smith goes up to have, Kat Smith goes up to have a shot from 15 metres out. We're like, what's going on here? 50 metre penalty. And to this very moment, does anyone here know what the 50 was actually paid for? Oh, look, I, I tell you what, look, I, I didn't watch the game live. I, I was actually at footy training myself. So, but I, I, I watched the replay, and, and even looking at the replay, it's just so hard to gauge what, what it actually was for. If, 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 if it was for actually knocking the ball out of Cat Smith's hands, then that's a really soft 50-metre penalty to give away. It looked to be that. I mean, watching the footage over and over and over again, just trying to figure it out, it was like that deft touch sort of slapping it out of the hands. And at the very last minute, I would have given it the benefit of the doubt if I was the umpire. It was just one of those things that you think, yeah, it's a coach killer, but at the same time, the free kick was paid and... Uh, it, Should it, it have been? It feels it feels like that was in the motion of trying to spoil the ball, though. Uh, and, and I feel like if, if that's if that's the way it goes, then we are cooked. It was well, late by the barest of margins for mine. Yeah. But, uh, from, from what I saw, it was it wasn't the player on the mark that spoiled. It was the second player that came through. But the second player that came through was running to the contest, and Cat Smith backed into her. So that's what I'm thinking. Well, Cat initiated the contact. It wasn't the other player running into it, Cat ran into the other player. So you can't run into someone and drop the ball and be given a 50-metre penalty. But then I'm also hearing, and you see in the corner vision, Kate Shearlaw is grappling with a GWS player. There's a theory that that was the 50, because Kate, Kate Shearlaw was devastated afterwards. Yeah, that's right. But if you look at that, you go, as far as I can see, both players have got a hold of each other. How could you give that to one player? <laughs> I don't know, John. It's, uh, it, 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 it's a... It's, it's almost like a mystery case here. Like, what, yeah. the, what in the bloody hell's happened here? My, <laughs> look, I, um, I note that, uh, especially in AFL men's, you always get explanations from the umpiring department in terms of contentious decisions. 
Does that actually happen in AFLW? Because if it does, I don't see it. Yeah, we have, exactly. Well, we haven't heard anything since the game finished from, from the AFL, the AFLW, or, or the umpires. Yeah, the umpiring and department really needs, needs to explain a lot more decisions, and it's not that small yeah. thing. This is a very significant thing that's changed the course of the game. It's very important. Now, I understand that the umpires that umpire AFLW are essentially development umpires. They're using development umpires to get their experience through AFLW. But even if they're not going to contentions, everyone's just asking for the simple phrase, okay, what did they actually pay it for? So we get an understanding. And to leave it at, there's no explanation. Just everyone scratching their head. And what makes matters worse, thank you, Fox Footy, for being tight asses. Fox Footy... (laughs) Fox Footy called the game from their Melbourne studios. They didn't send commentators to Blacktown. So, of course, the commentators don't know because they can only see what the camera is. They're not like us at the ground. Yeah, well, look at that. It's it's just just goes to show uh, just another dimension in the, in this whole problem that is the uh, the whole broadcasting thing at, at Fox Footy and, and, e- and even at Channel 7. Don't get me started yeah. on those guys. But uh, I, look, I, I think... What we what we need to what we also need to take into consideration was the last thirty seconds leading up to the ball. Obviously, St Kilda had the ball inside their full yeah. fifty, and they allowed the Giants to run it up without, you know, so so seamlessly. And look, we can, we can point fingers at the umpires, and yes, I think they've definitely had a say this. But I think the Saints have lost the, the Saints lost that game as much as the umpires gave it to the Giants. You know what's the one thing, and I know we talked a little bit about St Kilda the other week, but I'll just quickly rope in again. What, the one thing that sickens <laughs> me is people are looking for excuses now for Del Santo. Right, They're yeah. just saying, oh, look, he had a terrible... Yes, OK, Patrick Wilson-Smith, we know that. But Peter Searle had injuries galore the year before. Peter Searle had to deal with that type of list. And she got him a lot further. She got wins on the board. Yeah, look, Del Sando hasn't. Yeah, look, uh, uh, look, I don't know what you think, Jono, but I think this whole... And look, I think there's... Regardless about what you want to say about Del Santo and the appointment of Del Santo as coach, I think he's being unfairly criticised for what the players are doing out there. Obviously, the, pl- the playing group isn't fit enough to run out games of football, isn't fit enough to, to compete with even the mid-tier teams in the competition. Mm. But I think the way that, even the way that they played, uh, not, not, not against Carlton, they were, they were pretty poor against Carlton, but the week before that, I thought, they were, I thought that there, was, there seemed to be a sense of buy-in from the playing group. Like The playing group were very invested in what Dal Sando wanted to play, and I think it showed again on, on Wednesday night against the Giants that they were that close to pulling off their first win of the season. Fundamentally, as a new coach, especially in Nick Dalsano's case and the shock that was associated with his appointment, it's very hard to build a culture as a brand-new coach that perhaps no one saw coming. I mean, maybe there was that inside word within the playing group, but he's actually had a very... Sure, he's had a tough job, but at the same time, you could have a man like Paddy Hill mm. at the helm, and that's been sort of tried. But then again, he, as someone with his experience couldn't uh, quite use his, I guess, coaching expertise to, to pull the side over the line, so to speak. So even even having him would probably cause issues. But then again, if I was a betting man, I'd probably say that he should be uh, the man to take the Saints women forward. Uh, well, oh, sorry, Pete. I was just going to say, regardless on who you put as, as the coach, you, you could have the best coach in the competition, Stasevich, Grant Cooper, Matthew Clark. You could put any of them in, in charge of the St Kilda team, and the chances are they'll probably still have the same results. It, it's... It's not a coaching issue. It's just mm. a, it's just an overall playing group. But there, there, yeah. there is a sense of it's buy-in. Just list building, yeah. yeah. There is a sense of buy-in, but there's just not enough cattle to carry the team. What I don't understand was they've got the ball at halfback GWS. They're going down the line. As St Kilda players, wouldn't you know with that 30 seconds to go and you see they're going down the line, you see another mark's going to get taken, 
wouldn't you be going, look, the obvious situation here is the ball is going to end up inside the, inside the forward 50. Why wouldn't this St Kilda, and this is the thing I'm gobsmacked by, was, why wasn't everyone from the Saints flooding back like crazy? Yes, that 50 was paid and that was unavoidable in the end. Yeah. But even without that 50, when the ball went to Staunton, and she's essentially almost a one-on-one with the second person coming in late, by the time that Cat Smith actually had to originally to pick up the ball and kick around, which was about five or six seconds, I'm looking going, why isn't there any Saints players flooding back here going, we've got to just stop anything that's in the air that's coming in? Well, I think that's a lesson learned for the, for the younger kids of the Saints. That, like, you know, I, mean, t- it, it, I mean, it shouldn't it be from junior level, this bloody obvious? Yeah, well, look, I, th- I think so. But you, you take a look at what the Dogs did against Adelaide a, f- a few weeks ago. They did the, they did the same thing. They, they got numbers yeah. back to the ball. Yeah, they, yeah, they were going to cough up inside 50 entries you know, at, the, yeah. at, the, at the drop of a hat. But they were able to stop... Adelaide from even scoring to, yeah, they, they to, to get the draw. everything. And that was I know some people hate congested football, but I found that beautiful to watch. That honestly, the, it, with the game and the, the game and the balance, uh, a point down with about ninety seconds to go. That's how you do it. And I, and and look, you don't have to win pretty. You don't have to win pretty all the time. You just yeah. need to win. Yeah, exactly. Like the thing about congested footy in the dying minutes of a game, that's how you shut it down. Right, yeah, yeah. frustratingly so when I'm watching my team out on the park, and for instance in a grand final, and the opposition is cleverly just everybody get in like a packed in like sardines and trying to stop the game even in the wet, yeah. it gets frustrating, and so you actually frustrate the opposition, which ends up producing the negative result for them, which could have worked in St Kilda's favour on this occasion. Well, we went from umpiring to coaching. That turned rapidly. The umpi- <laughs> umpires got off the hook on that one just quietly. Yeah, well. I have a few things to say about the umpiring, which I have said on public forums, but it's interesting. I think you've got the VFL probably senior people uh, umpiring AFL, AFLW, so that's VFL men's. Mm. Um, VFL women's coat. Uh, well, look, we're going to see a few people out in the park today. One of them is you know, Jackson Gillespie. He's a very young kid. And, you know, he's basically an umpiring prodigy, so he'll probably might even get a promotion soon enough. So it's just about that important development, really, look, with look, everybody. Look, the one Players, thing, umpires, whatever. The one thing I will do is I'll throw a little bit back on AFL House about it when it comes to umpiring, is that because we have the rule changes every year, we know there's now a different interpretation when it comes around uh, holding the ball, and now we have the stand rule and whatever. Uh, what the clowns keep forgetting at AFL House <laughs> is every time... You change the rules. That's another thing the umpires have got to remember. So when they're running out there, their main focus is now, oh, hang on, this new rule, this new rule, I've got to think of it this way, I've got to umpire this way. I've got Every year you're throwing on something new that they've got to think about instead of letting the game stabilise for a while. Even if one or two rules annoy you, let it stabilise so the umpires can learn and master it. I remember when, uh, when Matt Stevick was asked about the stand rule and how it works, and he recited almost word for word how it works to the, to the AFL media at the time thinking oh yeah they've got it down pat but have they really you know that's just one of the many rules that had to change it was just one of those just one of those things yeah well and I think you've, you're spot on about that Peter because every year we see another couple of rules brought in or rules altered and and it just comes back to the lack of consistency because we don't see enough of, enough consistency in the decisions or non-decisions mm. from the umpires and you know, every single every single umpire that, that, that takes the field, they're going to have a, a different interpretation or a different variability of how how the how how a decision goes. And and, and you know what the ironic thing is, the best game that's always umpired is the grand final. Why? For two reasons. One, they throw away the whistle in the grand final. And why do they throw away the whistle? 
because the umpires are not competing against each other for a spot to umpire in the grand final. They're already there, and they can just umpire with freedom. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, it's a good point. It's a good point you raised there because, yes, I think... We want to see the best teams win. We don't want yeah. to see the umpiring decisions impede the result yeah. like we did on, on Wednesday night with the yeah. GWS in, in St Kilda. It was, a, it was a, look, I'm not going to say it was a great finish, but it was yeah. controversial. It was much talked about. Um, and, it's definitely, and it's definitely given another, another reason of why we're talking about women's football in comparison to the previous two nights, as we've yeah. discussed, the, the great comebacks from both Brisbane yeah. and the Dogs. We might take this opportunity to take a break here on wharfradio.com. Lucy Watkin will join us shortly, but next we'll be going down to the boundary line and catching up with John O'Venn, and you'll have Kate Tindall, the Darabin coach, with him right after this. Life can be really tough when you or a close family member has cancer. But if you're 12 to 25, Canteen's in your corner. Canteen provides whatever practical and emotional support you need, from connecting you with other young people who get what you're going through, to helping you develop new skills to cope, and just bringing back some fun into your world. So if cancer's messing with your life, check out canteen.org.au. And remember, Canteen's in your corner. Hi, this is Missy Higgins for RAD, recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving. I see a lot of things at gigs, mostly people having a good time and a few drinks. But what I'd hate to see is someone getting behind the wheel after they'd been drinking. Being even a little bit over the limit makes it too easy to lose control. So if you plan to drink, plan ahead. Arrange a designated driver who won't drink. Remember, music lives and you should too. We're at a party. Three little kids were playing in the pool, all under five. Adults were busy talking, glanced over, noticed a little one underwater. I think she needs help. That's how easily something can happen. It only takes a few seconds. Don't worry, the party had a happy ending. But we need to remember, fence the pool, shut the gate. Teach your kids to swim, it's great. Supervise, watch your mate and learn how to resuscitate. I'm Laurie Lawrence. Kids Alive, do the five. What do you listen to while you're waiting for the next VFLW game on Wharf Radio? Do you long for the days when radio stations played music that you knew without being constantly bombarded with ads and by announcers who want to make it about themselves and not about the music? Welcome to GoRadio.Live. We're here 24 hours a day, seven days a week, playing the very best music of the past 70 years. You can listen at www.goradio.live or better still, download the free goradio.live app for your Apple or Android device. Goradio.live, it's radio as it should be. You are on the VFL Women's Match of the Day at Tony Sheehan Oval at Trobe University. Bundura for Darabin and Hawthorne game kicking off at 11am. Peter Holden, Alex Stocky with you up in the commentary box. But let's head down boundary side now with John O'Venn. Got Kate Tindall, the coach of the Darabin Falcons with me. Good morning to you, Kate. Um, I suppose going into this game, both teams are at uh, very similar positions with a one-and-one one one win-loss record. Although... In terms of margins, it was a 15 loss, uh, point loss versus a three-point loss. Tough day at the office uh, last week. What were your main uh, takeaways takes from that game? Oh, I think, first of all, we saw um, what a quality side uh, Casey are. Particularly after the first quarter, they really came out and applied a lot more pressure to us. So, which, you know, didn't allow us to play the game that we wanted to play. So our learnings from that uh, is that, you know, we've got a game style that we're trying to implement this year. It's, it's new for the team and, um, you know, 
Of course, when we come up against um, pressure in game-like situations, it's going to be harder, but we'll be persisting with that game style. Uh, looking at your team list uh, for a moment, you've got uh, Angelica Gogos coming uh, from the Doggies. And uh, with an average of 25 disposals, I looked at the stats over the past couple of weeks, uh, how, I guess, what's her impact been like on the team, both, I guess, culture-wise and on the field? And uh, I guess what's to come for the rest of the season? What do you see her sort of doing? Oh, look, we were thrilled um, to get Ange across to us. First and foremost, she's a great person and we want great, great people in our program. Um, and she's also a, a great player and we knew that she would uh, add a lot of depth to our midfield. Um, so, look, she just wills herself to every contest and, um, and she's providing a lot of leadership, particularly to the younger and inexperienced midfielders in our group. Let's head upstairs with Pete and Alex. Thank you very much, Shano and Kate. Thank you very much for joining us here on the pre-game show. Another recruit I noticed that you picked up as well um, from Melbourne University. Some experience in the VFLW uh, last year with uh, Port Melbourne. Millie Sean. Uh, yeah, um, Millie unfortunately didn't play last week, but I, you know, we were really impressed with her first game in round one against Williamstown. Um, in particular, I was really impressed with her uh, def defensive pressure. So, uh, yeah, we're looking to kind of utilise her uh, her speed um, as much as we can this, this season. Okay, Kate, you got the doc here. Appreciate your time here on uh, Wharf Radio this morning. Uh, obviously, last year was was tough for the girls. It was, um, but having having a new a new coach in, what what has been the key focus for the girls heading into this season, and how have you assessed the, how have you assessed their form over the la uh, last two weeks? Yeah, look, I think you know it's hard because the group was. Um, pretty new last year um, and you know we've had some more new people come in um, this year so I think it takes time for a team to kind of um, learn to play with each other but our focus this year has been about um, you know creating a, an environment where you know we're getting the most out of ourselves at every training session and and hopefully implementing a, a new kind of game style this year. Now, Kate, over the last couple of seasons, Darren went with the experiment and, and got some coaches in from outside the club. They've obviously gone internal this time by hiring yourself. From from your point of view, how important is that for the Darren Falcons as a club to be hiring within and building up that culture from within? Uh, you know, ever since I walked in the door at Darren about 10 years ago, um, the club has been about um, empowering girls and, and women, and they've done that. Uh, not only for myself, but for a bunch of other people as well. And so, um, you know, the club have been great in sort of encouraging and, and supporting me. And, you know, I guess it has helped um, me hit the ground running. I know the club and, uh, you know, I know a lot of the players. So I kind of felt like I had a bit of a head start there. Kate, Steph Simpson is a player that has uh, piqued my interest over the first two weeks. Has been was very good against Williamstown uh, in round one. What sort of role do you see her playing today and what can we expect? Yes, yeah, Steph, well, first of all, she's our captain this year again and um, so she provides a lot of leadership uh, to the group on game day and, and at training. Um, she's, I think she's really... You, you could have Steph sort of um, anywhere on the ground, um, but I think she's going to be really important for us up forward this year. Um, last week she took eight marks so she's she's doing her role in sort of leading up at the footy but she's just a, she's a very classy player and she's a very smart player well Kate thank you very much for joining us on the pre-game show we wish you and the Darabin Falcons all the very best today against Hawthorne 
Thanks, guys. That's Kate Tindall, the coach of the Darabin Falcons, joining us here on our Wharf Radio pregame show. 11 a.m. bounce down this morning between the Darabin Falcons and Hawthorne. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, someone who's been working on south of the river, south of the Yarra River daylight savings time, I think. Lucy Watkin will join us very shortly. The mate with the high-tech Bluetooth fish finder, but not a life jacket. You know the type. So when enjoying the water, make the right call to keep your mates safe. Make sure they wear a life jacket. A message from your mates at Royal Life Saving. Hi, Kirk Pengilly from InXS here. And whether it's music, sweet things, puppies, movies, we all love our treats. But our eyes need treating too. 300,000 Australians, including me, are affected by glaucoma. Diagnosed early, glaucoma can be, can be really managed. tough. When you were a close undiagnosed, family. it can cause... The mate with the high-tech Bluetooth fish finder, but not a life jacket. You know the type. So when enjoying the water, make the right call to keep your mates safe. Make sure they wear a life jacket. A message from your mates at Royal Life Saving. Hi, Kirk Pengilly from InXS here. And whether it's music, sweet things, puppies, movies, we all love our treats. But our eyes need treating too. 300,000 Australians, including me, are affected by glaucoma. Diagnosed early, glaucoma can be managed. Left undiagnosed, it can cause blindness. So treat yourself by treating your eyes to a simple test. Book your test at treatyoureyes.org.au today. Stroke can happen to anybody at any age. The best way to help someone is to learn the signs of stroke and know how to act fast. F is for face. Has their face drooped? A is for arms. Can they lift both arms? S is for speech. Is their speech slurred? Do they understand you? T is for time. Call triple zero. Time is critical. If you see any of these symptoms, act fast. Learn the signs of stroke and you could save a life. Go to strokefoundation.org.au forward slash fast to find out more. No business wants to throw money away. But did you know sending resources to landfill can be more expensive than recycling them? Planet Ark's free business recycling service can kickstart your workplace recycling journey, help you find the right recycling solutions and give you a competitive edge. Join the 1 million Australians using business recycling to keep valuable resources in circulation. Visit businessrecycling.com.au. It's just good business. Hi, Matt Welsh here. In Australia, drowning is one of the biggest killers of kids under five. So take a few minutes to check your pool barrier set for this summer. Visit kidsafe.com.au to find out how. Because safe barriers save lives. If you're after the most comprehensive coverage on women's football across Australia, then look no further than Rookie Me Central. Formerly Draft Central, Rookie Me Central has news and reviews, podcasts, videos, and much, much more on all the state leagues across the country, including the VFL Women's and NAB League Girls. Find out why everyone turns to Rookie Me Central for their women's football content. Follow Rookie Me Central on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Rookie Me Central. What do you listen to while you're waiting for the next VFLW game on Wharf Radio? Do you long for the days when radio stations played music that you knew without being constantly bombarded with ads and by announcers who want to make it about themselves and not about the music? Welcome to GoRadio.Live. We're here 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, playing the very best music of the past 70 years. You can listen at www.goradio.live or better still download the free GoRadio.Live app 
for your Apple or Android device. Go radio.live. It's radio as it should be. Indeed, it is the VFL Women's Match of the Day on WARFradio.com. You have a women's footy 89.1 FM at the ground, delay free if you're coming along to Tony Sheehan over at the Trobe University. And fingers crossed, hopefully, at 11 a.m. on the YouTube stream as well via the official VFLW YouTube channel. You've got Peter Olden, Alex Doherty, John O'Venn on the boundary. And finally, she's here, ladies and gentlemen. Will you uh, please put your hands together for the one, the only, <laughs> Lucy Watkins, she's here. Thank you so much. So good to be back. First so time, excited. first time for 2022. Has it really taken you that long to get from the south side of the Yarra to, <laughs> <laughs> to get up here? As you said, I'm working on a different timeline. Being in the, I was in the south. I'm back. I'm back north side now. But being in the south just really puts you a lot of whack, you know. A little bit, little bit of um, what's it called jet lag, you know, just all that kind of <laughs> you stuff. You know, just on, on, with it. For, for, as a person from the south side of town, we drink our coffee differently. We drink our beer differently. <laughs> it's you know, it's it's completely different culture. Yeah, it's it's as we said, I had to get my passport out. It's been stamped so I can cross <laughs> the river. Um, so no, good to be back. Good to be back on this side of town, and also very good to be back calling VFLW. Really excited to see what the Hawks have to offer after losing to Geelong last week. And so exciting for them coming into the AFLW in 2022, it will be this year, um, see what where they're at. But also Darabin, such stalwarts of the competition, so always great to call them. It leads it perfectly into our next subject that we we're going to talk about. Hawthorne have announced their AFLW signing, their first one, Bridget Deed from the Eastern Rangers. Yeah, so exciting. Young player Bridget Deed from the... Um, Eastern Rangers. I thought it was really interesting to see them sign an under-19 player as that first signing. Like We've seen a few teams go, go out with a bang when they've done their first signing, but Bridget Deed, I think that's really, really exciting and shows the direction that the Hawks want to go, Alex. Yeah, I, I, like, I like the signing as well. I've uh, paid, a, paid a bit of attention to Bridget Deed at the Rangers last year. Um, just, a, just a terrific uh, sort of player, a player that you want to lead the club going forward. Great, great signing. I've been sort of trying to ponder the question about what sort of list direction the Hawks want to go at mm. you know, for 2023. Obviously, we've seen North in the past poach players on AFLW list as that core base. And, and then you've got a side like Geelong who are, who are looking to build from the ground up. And they're, yeah. steadily, and they're steadily going, but there's still a lot of, lot of work to be done. You've got players on, on, on the Hawthorne list today that are ex-AFLW players. And players that maybe I think can add, add something for one or two years. But I, I think when you when you look at the the overall grand scheme of things, I, I like the idea of them going young, yep. and and I think they'll be signing a few more players at the Eastern Rangers uh, in 2023. Yeah, it's a really interesting sort of thing of what we saw Geelong do their last year in the VFLW, heading into their AFLW season, with that complete contrast to North Melbourne, who sort of built a team from all other players and kind of used Melbourne Uni to kind of supplement that. They did have that culture at Melbourne Uni to help help them sort of get some good talent. But I am really interested to see how Essendon and Hawthorne go about their builds because, as we've seen, you can do it in so many different ways. When North Melbourne originally announced their list, I remember they went out uh, with the senior players who were playing in the VFLW, if I'm correct. I can't remember exactly who was the first one, but I remember Sophia Bentangelo got rolled out, Ash Riddell got rolled out, Jess Trend got rolled out. Yep. Um, players where, particularly with Abitangelo and Riddle, you go, how did other clubs overlook them just quietly? And, oh, and, yeah. and maybe maybe they'll rue the day that they overlook Bridget Deed in the last draft when she gets to run around. 
Um, but like you said, they went young. It was, I found it interesting that she announced it in front of the Eastern Rangers group. It wasn't done in front of the Hawthorne group. Mm. Um, but, you know, obviously Hawthorne VFLW girls, as we speak at this moment, fighting for a spot to uh, get onto that list. But as you said, like Geelong, that Eastern Rangers, it is the local tie-in. It does kind of now start to open up the question of what do the other clubs do? Because... We know that at least with Sydney's in the same boat as Hawthorne, they now have a coach in place. They've got yep. Scott Gowans. So the question is, are they going to announce a youngster from their academy or are they looking to go with the Big Bang and saying, right, wait till the season is done uh, for AFLW 2022 and then Elise Parker or <laughs> Alicia Eva. Um, um, are they going to roll out one of those big names first to, to get the ball rolling? Hmm. Um, the interesting situation, and we're going to talk about it tomorrow in our pregame show about coaches, but... Essendon still haven't appointed their AFLW coach. Port Adelaide still haven't appointed their AFLW coach. How they announce their big signings. Yeah. Well, mm. who's going to be there first? Well, it's, uh, yeah, well, it's certainly going to be interesting. I mean, sort of on the discussion of uh, uh, announcing player signings, I think they'll wait. They'll definitely wait. There's no doubt that they'll be talking to them during the season uh, and and trying to plant seeds into the works of of, of that of that operation. But I think. You look at you look at what Hawthorne are doing. They're looking at the Eastern Rangers. I think it's, I think it's great, but I think I wouldn't be surprised if if, if, if a player like um, let's say Amber Humphreys, who's been a, 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 a great servant of VFLW footy, comes out and, and and has a great purple patch of form for about a month and a month and a half. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see a player like her get snapped up. And and I, and I think look looking at looking at the um looking at the uh, the AFLW side of things, uh, we can you, we we touched on Sydney before um, and. The potential and last week, Peter, and the potential of them maybe leaning towards a player from Victoria as as, as a sort of a means to expand the market of, of football because we all know that, that that footy in New South Wales is probably dimmer compared to a state like Queensland or a state like South Australia or a state like Western Australia. It's um, it's 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 definitely a hard it's definitely a hard ask. One, I, sorry, sorry. Go, Lucy. I think that's really interesting about the talent pool in New South Wales because I heard Scott Gowans talk and he sort of said that he thinks there's a lot of untapped talent there that hasn't been looked at, that he's really excited about bringing through the ranks at Sydney. So I think that's really interesting and I'm really interested as a Sydney supporter to see how we tackle that sort of conundrum. Yeah, well, uh, look, I'll, I'll ask you the question then. If you're you're in charge of, of building Sydney's list, Lucy, who, who, who exactly would you eye off first as as a sort of potential star talent, or what would you, what would you do? I think, like what Pete said, you'd have to try and get an Elise Parker or an Alicia Eva or something like that. And I think my favourite build, list build in expansion was. North Melbourne's because I think they showed how you can do it. I know a lot of people said about them poaching players from other places and all that kind of thing, but in the end, it worked. Oh yeah. And a lot of those players on that list, the core is there, but they've still built around it over the last few seasons, and they've done really well. So I'm excited that Scott Gowans is leading that build. Let me officially start the rumour mill for this. (laughs) When every other journo writes about it, just send it back to me. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm just saying I'm going to start the rumours on it. I'll I'll credit you for this when I write the mongrel, Pete. We know that Sydney and the AFL have worked hand-in-hand in in the past to try and help build up the game in Sydney. Key forwards for the Sydney men's, we've had Plugger. Then we've followed up with Barry Hall. Then we've followed up with uh, Buddy Franklin. We know there's a Ford out there who wants a little bit more money for marketing. Oh, we know she's know having a very good now. season at the moment at Melbourne. Oh, 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 Taylor no. Harris 
and Sydney. Oh. No, I don't think she would go to a fourth club. And I think she's really enjoying her time at Melbourne and yeah. the culture. Taylor Harris. I, I, I think she's really found her place there. Money I, talks. Money talks. <laughs> look, look. It's a, it's a, he, he raises a fair point. You both raise fair points. I mean, I watched Taylor Harris against Brisbane the other the other day, and you could just see the the, the mm. confidence, the enjoyment she's she's got when she's playing footy again. It wasn't there when she was at Carlton last no. year. And and look, you, you raise a fair point. Money talks, and Taylor was looking for big money last year. But, look, I, I, I would say that getting a player like Elise Park would be a lot easier. And I think, given the situation at GWS, and, I'll, look, I won't go into it in, in, in whole discussion at the moment, but I think the way that GWS are going about things at the moment, the Swans would be silly not to try and ask mm. the question and, 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 and raise some incentives to, to Parker. Purely from a marketing point of view, if Harris plays or doesn't play at Melbourne, does it put bums on seats? It doesn't change. But if Harris plays at Sydney... Does it put bums on seats? Yes, it does. Well, if, well, if she from continue- a marketing point of view, purely from a marketing point of view. But the, yeah, well, then the problem. Then like, let's say you get Harris over the, over the line. What do you what do you then try and do to sort of build that team around her and try and, and try to make sure that she emulates the same enjoyment, the same confidence mm. that she's that she's producing here at Melbourne. Yeah, it's hard because I think, as you said, Taylor Harris is a confidence. She's always been a confidence player, and I think at Melbourne. Weirdly, even though she's been playing really, really well, I do actually think she's kind of gone under the radar a little bit. She's happy for the other players like Daisy Pierce, Karen Paxman, Tyler Hanks, Kate Hoare even, to sort of, you know, take that limelight and she just will be in that system and play her role and she's happy to do that. But I think if she goes to a Sydney and she's made a marquee player, she loses a little bit of that as yeah. well. I, I think that's I think that's exactly what the problem was when she went to Carlton. Carlton yeah, because yeah, she, came, she came to Carlton from Brisbane as, as a high expectation player. And... and not only she suffered, but the club suffered as a result of that. And, and, the, and yeah. she's left and the club's still suffering. But <laughs> I think it's... But I, 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 I agree spot on with your point. I think that she's only got a role to do is to contest marks, kick goals if she can. But, this, but the thing that I noticed as well is that she's getting other players involved. involved. She, she, she's, um, you know, especially on Monday night, she, she hit up, I think it was Eliza West in, in, a, in a particular bit of play. That, and that was I, a very good kick. It was yeah. a it was a lovely kick. That's the sort of kick you you love you just absolutely love seeing from from key forwards. Yeah. Just with the other two uh, expansion clubs and who should they sign first? Can we all agree is it fake accompli that once the AFLW season finishes, the Port Adelaide Football Club will roll out the press conference, roll out the table, roll out the banner, and go, ladies and gentlemen, our number one signing, Aaron Phillips. <laughs> mm, I think there's still a lot to happen between then and now. I think. If Adelaide wins the grand final, I'm not sure she'll play on. But I also think, given the knee injury she's just had as well, I think there's just all these little reminders that, that are happening along the way to say that maybe this could be her last year. Yeah, look, as, as much as I've uh, tossed the sentiment around a lot and I've enjoyed the thought of seeing Aaron Phillips live up to, to the, the, the Phillips name playing at Port Adelaide, I, I think the, the, more, the more I think about it, the more it's like, yeah, look, yeah, her knee, I think mm. Port would be better off if they didn't sign her. I think you look at you look at the whole Adelaide core list, and you know a lot of a lot of promising youngsters coming through the ranks at the moment. Even if you manage to yeah. to snatch one of uh, Anne Hatchard or Ebony Marinoff, yeah, that would be that would be an absolute coup for the um, for the power. Wouldn't there though be with Aaron Phillips just that little burning desire going? Yeah, I've just got to have one season in that jumper. Oh, I've just got to have one. Hundred yeah. percent. I'm I'm not saying that yeah. it, sh- it shouldn't happen, yeah. and, I, and I think if. If, and we know that Erin Phillips is a consummate professional, and we know she'll, you know, she'll she'll do whatever it takes to get her body right. One last season at Port, it would it would be it would be an ultimate football woman's football fantasy to see her play one more one more year in in her in her dad's colours. 
Now, with Essendon, this is a curious one. There's probably oh. four options I see on the table. Do you either A, bring out the local quarter, find someone from the quarter cannons and say, okay, this is our pick, a bit like Alderman Bridget Deed. We're going local for our, for our first ever signing. Do you, two, go with Georgia Nanscorn and just go, look, here's the VFLW reigning best and fairest. I was about to say, it has to be yeah. Georgia Nanscorn. Do you, three, go with uh, just an ordinary VFLW footballer that's just having a great season and just say, hey, it's second opportunities. Or four... Do you go with a prize recruit that you've got from elsewhere? It doesn't necessarily have to be Matty Presparkas, but a prize recruit from elsewhere that you know is an Essendon supporter to kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge to the other big-name recruits out there of Essendon supporters. Time to come home. Come home. Look, I think the probably the, probably the easiest one is to announce Nanscorn as, as, yeah. as the yeah. first signing because obviously she's been just head and shoulders the, yeah. the, best, the best player that I've seen in VFLW footy over the last year. But I think... If you want to really cause a ruckus in the AFLW, you try and poach one of those star players that, mm. that, that came from the Calder Cannons at the early age. I'm thinking of the Prasparkas. Chloe Malloy yeah, was yeah. a Calder girl as well. I wouldn't mind yeah. have, have, uh, asking the question about hey, her. Hey, she's yeah. a loyal girl. She's a loyal girl. She's not going to do it. Oh. The comments last week. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah I was going to say. Well, to, 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 paraphrase, she, to paraphrase what Peter said, she, uh, money talks. <laughs> she, she, she has a job at North Melbourne, but Emma Carney grew up an Essendon supporter. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't see uh, Emma Carney going anywhere. I think she, she She's somebody that, that truly, yeah. truly bleeds for North Melbourne at the moment. I think the general consensus from everyone is that um, is that Maddie Presparkus is probably the one everyone's watching, <laughs> only because Carlton's fallen in a hole. Yeah. If, 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 if everyone's not looking at Melbourne, and maybe they're in with North because it's like, okay, a player may stay there because they see their side in the Premiership window. But if you're a even with St Kilda as well, or even maybe even a Richmond. If you're down the bottom end, if you're a player going well, I'm down the bottom end anyway, you might as well go to the expansion club if they're going to offer a little more. Yeah, well, it, it, it's, it's a tough one. And I think I, I, I want to bring up my, my club, the Doggies, as an example. A few years ago, I mean, we were, you know, 2018, we were top, top of the heap. And then we've seen North poach our players, Geelong poach a couple of players. And even then, like, as, as we were sort of on, that, on our knees list-wise, Richmond came in and, and took our captain, took our best player in, in the midfielder. It's not Ellie Blackburn in Monconti. But I, I think, oh, I'll tell you what, it, it, the more I think about it, the more enticing that Matty Presparkas... I know my colleague Alex Catalano has been uh, far and wide trying to campaign for Matty to come home to, to, <laughs> yeah. to Essendon. And, and look, I'm all about that. I, I, I'm, I'm 100% on board of that. I think it's, uh, I think if you get her if you get her on board, I think it could... could do we even see Georgie Presparkas come, come, to, come to Essendon? I mean, mm. there's... A, a, a bit of talk about the the sort of connection between you know her home and Geelong. Ge- I mean, think no, don't know the exact numbers off by heart, but it's not 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 a, not a short not a short walk from um from from the Essendon district to Geelong. That that that, that much I do know. We might take this opportunity to take a break here on our pre-game show on WolfRadio.com. When we come back, we'll have the bounce down of the Darabin Falcons versus Hawthorne, a VFLW Round Three clash. Hi, I'm Vanessa Lowe, long jump gold medalist and world record holder. When I was 15, I was waiting to catch my train. In a split second, my life changed. As the train arrived, the crowd surged forward. I was too close to the platform edge, lost my balance and fell into the path of the oncoming train. I was in a coma for two weeks and it took two years to walk again. So please, stand back, look up and stay rail safe. 
The average person spends 44 minutes a day thinking about food. At Oz Harvest, thinking about food is a full-time job because we're always looking for new ways to nourish our country and combat food waste and hunger. Every day, we rescue quality surplus food across Australia and deliver it to those who'd otherwise go hungry. And you can help. Every dollar donated to Oz Harvest can provide two meals to people in need. Visit ozharvest.org. Thought for food. Hey, hi. You're sub. We're here for Rad. Here's a simple word of advice. Don't drink and drive. If you plan to drink, plan ahead. Give up the keys. Either drink or drive. Don't mess around trying to do both. When you drink and drive, you're risking the life of yourself and the lives of everybody on the road. It takes a lot of courage to convince a friend not to drive after they've been drinking. But you might just be saving their life. So if you plan to drink, plan not to drive. Been playing for a while. Sweet kicks Cause footy makes you smile Sweet kicks football If you're getting ready for the trials Gotta go the extra mile Sweet kicks football Not always hearing that sweet sound when you kick the ball? Need to develop your footwork or explosive speed? Want to take the next step in your footy career? Then you need Sweet Kicks. More info on our Facebook page or go to our website, sweetkicksfootballacademy.com.au. Gotta go the extra mile. Sweet Kicks Football. There's jumpers, hoodies and tees for you at Leaguetees.com.au is your place for retro footy gear with designs created by local artists that you won't find anywhere else. Plus, their unique range of women's footy tees help raise funds for Indigenous literacy programs. Get online and start shopping today. Leaguetees.com.au We are the Australian Literacy and Numeracy Foundation striving to empower our most marginalised communities through literacy and education. Literacy is having a voice. Literacy is opportunity. Literacy is dreaming big. Literacy is freedom. Today, you can help end inequality and give every child access to our life-changing and proven literacy programs. Your support is vital. Donate now at alnf.org. Storms are Australia's most costly natural disaster. Getting prepared now is the best way to protect people and to minimise damage to your property. Keep your gutters, downpipes and drains clear and stash any loose items in yards or on balconies. Trim any trees and branches hanging too close to your house and keep your roof in good repair. For emergency help, call the SES on 132500. <sighs> Feeling a little down? <sighs> Drop into the Reach Out website at reachout.com.au and let us put a spring back in your step. Whew. When times are tough, clear your head at reachout.com.au. It's women's Aussie rules, they're doing what they love. They're fast, they're tough, don't mess with them because they can get rough. Are you ready for the challenge? Are you ready for the mess? It's the call of the game. It's the VFL Women's Match of the
Indeed it is the VFL Women's Match of the Day here on WARFradio.com. 11am bounce down for Darabin versus Hawthorne. Let's hit down boundary side first. John O'Van, the conditions down there. Yeah, just um, more of the same uh, than previous. It's very muggy. Uh, just a little bit dewy underfoot, which can create some slippery conditions. Uh Teams-wise, I've uh, spoken to Hawthorne. Uh, I noticed that Tamara Luke, the captain, uh, was uh, still in her media polo uh, and uh, other things associated with, I guess, not playing. So she has uh, withdrawn. You might have heard Cherie uh, mention another change. That was uh, Tam. As a result, uh, it will be Nick Garner, number four, taking the captain's band today. Thank you very much there to John O'Venn down there on the boundary. Bet on Alex Doherty and to get you underway, here's Lucy Watkin. So first siren sounds for round three. Perrot won the tap down, tried to get it to Zagetti. Kick away was won there by the Falcons. Kemp underneath it, spun through the tackle, tried to get a handball away. Did well to Shannon. Humphrey came through, kicked him on the ground. Up this broadcast wing, wrapped up immediately by Buckley, Callanan, Mifsud also around the football. So we'll have a ball up. Centre wing, broadcast side of the Trobe University. Tap down one by Parrott. To the arms of Mifsud, who was wrapped up immediately. So we'll have another stoppage. Both teams, one win, one loss so far to start the VFLW season. Lynch gets it out the back. Picked off by Zagetti. Her kick goes to centre-half forward. Williams just dropped the mark. Handball to Whelan. Didn't quite get there. Callanan now just fishes out a handball. Goes back to win it. Pulled off the football. And it'll be a high free kick going the way of the Falcons. to Nikki Callanan in defensive 50. The veteran for the Darabin Falcons. Played in seven premierships across VFLW and AFLW. McKay gets pushed off the football. Now, was she looking for the boundary line deliberately? Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes, according to the umpire, the quick appeal... Coming from the player that got the resulting uh, free kick, and that is uh, Hawthorne's Stratton. And Stratton swings around on the left boot, goes long inside 50, cleared over several heads. Cullinan winning at the back, gives off the handball. The quick little short kick was trying to go up the line to Buckley. Ball uh, went past her. Hurried soccer kick off the ground by McKay to try and gain some distance. We get to centre wing, broadcast side. Kent with her head over the footy, knocked it on. Maybe a little scoop throw. Umpire said that was fine. Hawks football, long kick towards the half-forward flank position. One bounce. Holds up, Stratton will turn around and get on her left boot. Put it in towards the hot spot, 35 metres out from goal. Trying to make a contest of it on that occasion was Plunkett. The ball had hit the ground. Darabin with it only as far as Stratton again is racking up early possessions. Stratton on the left boot, 40 metres out from goal. Coming in and cutting off her own teammate was Shannon to take the mark. Shannon goes towards the goal square, came off hands. Hurry, snap, is this the Hawks first? No, oh. it's away to the right-hand side. And out of bounds on the fall. Here's the dock. They're looking good early, the Hawks. Um, they're just trying to take the game on at every possible chance they can. Uh, great start from Kirsty Stratton. Already a, few already a few good disposals. Trying to look inboard every time they go forward 50. So it looks like it actually missed everything. Gun took a free kick for out of bounds on the full. Worked it to the pocket to Lawson Tavern, who goes to Gogos. She goes short to Buckley, who marks on the 50. She's going to work it up this broadcast wing. Trying to collect it. On the bounce was Revolt. She couldn't quite get it. Vomberto cleaned up. Whelan got out of traffic, sends it back inside 50 for the Hawks. Out the back is Carbone, sends it just into space on the outer pocket. Running towards it now in that left forward pocket was Cameron. Tackled immediately. Garner on the outside of the boot. Strong defensive mark taken there by Lawson Tavern of the Falcons. 
the last line of defence in the goal square. Caught the play on, risky oh. kick. Buckley made it a contest against Stratton, brought it to ground. Whelan over the top, tries to get away from traffic. Spun in the tackle, just got a handball to Zagetti, working in the right forward pocket, snap towards goal, into the goal square, couldn't find her target. Now it's in the hands of Jesse Williams, weaves one way, weaves another, sends it towards goal, and she's nailed it. First goal of the game goes the way of the Hawks. Jesse Williams, the kicker, one straight six, leads Darabin yet to score. 16 minutes to go in this first quarter. Well, that was a terrific snap. Great goal sense there from Jesse Williams. You see what Darabin are trying to do when they get the ball in the defensive 50, and they're just trying and they're just trying to play that short game. And, and the kicks are just the kicks are just skewing off to the side of the boot, and, and it's allowing the Hawks players to just come in and try and pluck the ball. And they're doing doing they're doing what they like off the turnover at the moment. So, not a great start for Darabin. That's Alex Doherty of the Mongrel Punt. That is a website. No comment on his kicking style. <laughs> uh, no, my left boot's pretty immaculate, Peter. <laughs> As we have the ball back at the bit on the ground, the umpire looking around, making sure everyone is in position and we'll restart the play once more. A little bit of... Uh Pushing and shoving, going off right on the edge of the centre circles as we throw the ball up in the air and begin again. Missed out by Sally Lynch to Darabin as the ball hit the ground. Good roving work there by the Hawks with a hurry kick. That time courtesy of Baraldson who went inside 50 with the ball. Chuck it around Lawson Tavern, couldn't quite hang on to it. Trying to get there is Mifsud. Mifsud allowed it to get out the back door to Baraldson again. He's chased oh, up her own kick the on the right boot. Oh. How does it look? Oh, it's at the woodwork. Would have been a brilliant one if she finished it off. Hawks 1-1-7. Darabin yet to score. 15 minutes remaining here on this first term. So Blackwood is going to bring it in to the Falks. Works it to the pocket, short to Plunkett. She's going to go towards half back. It's a two on one. Wheeland did well to make it a contest. Broadson couldn't get past this tackle. Good tackle. Holding the ball. So a free kick going the way of Hazlitt, of Darabin. Working inside defensive 50. Goes short across to Callanan. Paid the mark, plays on. Nope. She'll be brought back there after she was dispossessed by Mifsud. So Callanan just looking for the options up the field. Pretty much every single player is in the oh, Hawks forward 50. half, and it's 50 now. Mifsud thought the umpire had said play on. He didn't. So she stepped over the stand rule, and Callanan will be marched up the middle of La Trobe University. Now she plays on. First inside 50 of the day for the Falcons. It's a good Ooh. kick. Lynch couldn't take the mark and then was pushed off it. Sorry, McAloon that is. Is it centre half forward for the Falcons? It's got plenty of leads. Inside forward 50. Just pops it up inside to the hot spot. Oh, strong mark over the top. Not taken by McClendon. Hawks work it through Whelan, back to centre-half back. Von Birdo gets it off hands, tackled. How the umpires see it, holding the ball. That is a great tackle. So great defensive pressure from the Falcons there through McAloon. She gets it right back where she had her first kick there, centre-half forward. Elects to go shorter this time. Two on one. Now the Hawks will clear through Kemp. Works it out wide to McRae. Gets it on the bounce. Now is to work around her opponent. Grab a kick up the line. Bounced through the legs of Lawson into the hands of Dom Carbone. Just turned, played on quickly. Was looking for a teammate. Cameron, good defensive pressure. Now Stratton, who's had plenty of the ball early for the Hawks. 
tries to get through congestion, just popped a handball up. Cameron did well in traffic. Her handball backwards to, Mc to McRae here on this broadcast wing. She was wrapped up by Hazlitt and will have a ball up. Current score at the moment, Hawthorne 117. Darabin yet to score here on the VFLW match of the day on WARFradio.com. One out on that occasion by Sally Lynch. Brought the ball to ground. Lynch will go back and do her own roving work. Put it down the throat of Hazlitt. It got immediately dumped into the ground by Caitlin Cox. And the umpire says, I'll take the football back, please, and we'll restart the play. Half forward flank here for Hawthorne. Broadcast side of the ground. Ball got down to the deck for Baraldson. Baraldson. Swung around on the left boot, dribbles it towards the half-forward flank position. Excellent run-down tackle from behind by Cameron. Umpire says it's not paid play on. Whelan swings around towards the hot spot, 45 metres out from goal. A little bit of pushing and shoving going on as Nick Garner gets on the end of it. Garner gives off the hand pass. One-step kick. How does this look for the Hawks? It's away to the left-hand side and will register as a minor score. 1-2-8 Hawthorne. Darabin yet to score. We've gone about eight minutes in this first term. And on special comments today, here is Alex. Stockerty. Well, Darabin's pressure has been pretty good to start to start the proceedings. I've really liked their tackling, but every time Hawthorne get the ball out, they, they've got an extra number to, to give off. And at the moment, they're look, they're looking quite they're looking quite ominous early. So, Bomberto takes intercept mark 60 meters from the Hawks' goal, goes short inside 50. So it's going to be cleared here by the Darabin defence, straight up the middle of the ground, got it to the feet of a teammate. In McAloon. Back inside 50 now for the Hawks. Strong defensive pressure inside 50 from Francis. Plenty of players on top of the ball here. 45 metres from the Hawks goal. So we'll have a ball up. So Hawks leading 1-2-8. Darabin yet to score. Halfway through this first quarter. Tap down. One by Lynch, but the ball immediately goes to ground and it's not going anywhere. Don Carbone on the bottom of that one with Blackwood. So ball up pretty much in the exact same spot, 45 metres from the Hawks' goal. Goes back to ground, Carbone again involved at ground level. Plenty of players over the top of it, but we'll have another ball up. So the umpire will take the footy back. And throw it high in the air, and away we go again. One out on that occasion by Lynch. Stolen though by the Hawks. Original hand pass by Zagetti. Now the kick high towards the top of the square. Came off hands, coming in to lay the tackle. McKay for Darabin. A little kick off the boot has just been intercepted by Caitlin Cox, who picked oh. it off and tried to bend it back. Oh. It's just on the line. Would have brought the house down with that one. Hawthorne 139. Darabin yet to score. Alex Stockley, the Hawks, peppering away, peppering away. Just can't get it between the big sticks. Well, they're firmly in control of this game at the moment, Peter, and I think the, the Falcons have got to try and start to clamp down because that, that, that kick there, no, no Falcon was anywhere nearer. They've got to try and, got to try and hem, 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 the, uh, hem the loose players in. And McNeese's kick out from defence was intercepted momentarily there by Perrett. Ball was dropped by her. Going in there with Sally Lynch again for Darabin. Gave it off. Long kick up the line. Umpire says a bit of pushing going on here in the contest. And it's going to be a free kick going the way of the Hawks. And this will be an opportunity for them to try and go back inside 50 again. Except it's Eliza Shannon who elects to go switch. for the switch. And she manages to find her filling captain for the today, Nick Garner. Nick Garner, smack bang in the middle of the ground. Elects to go inside 50. Goes over the head of Don Carbone. Callanan working now in defence. Ran into trouble, so had to get a quick kick away. Plunkett now 
Works with her teammate McNeese. Over the top, hits the ground. Callanan again, right on 50. Scrapping for the ball. Gets the handball to Mills. Her quick kick will be stopped by Perrett. Has a bit of time. Kick came off the side of the boot. And we're just working between oh, the 50 tackle. now. And a strong tackle by Bolding. Means it's going to stay back in the possession of the Hawks. Works it inside 50, looking for Williams. Couldn't get a hand to it. And Millie Sean will take the intercept mark. So they still haven't passed the centre of the ground at Darabin for a little bit. Time and forward half definitely being dominated by the Hawks. And the kick's been taken by Shannon. Plays on quickly, goes inside 50. Intercept mark was dropped. Opened the door for Cox. Zagetti got a hand to it. Got the handball back. Did the don't argue and now sends it inside 50, looking for a target. Mark not taken. Opens oh. the door for the Falcons' defence, but some great defensive pressure from Cameron. Bolding kept it in. Umpires found a free kick. And it's going to be a free kick to Sophie Bolding. So very, very tight angle. She'll be kicking from the boundary about 30 metres out. Umpire just... Adjusting her line. Darabin have covered off the exits here. They've uh, set up pretty well uh, trying to deny the, um, the inboard pass. So the kick goes to the top of the goal square. It's going to be cleared by the Falcons. Zagetti, though, comes through. Kick from the pocket around the body. Goes to the goal line, but it's not going to go through. Plunkett tries to find Sean. Umpire says play on her mark wasn't taken. McRae was held. So now Grace McRae with the opportunity. Another tight angle on the opposite side of Latrobe, the outer side. Still 40 metres from goal. Looks like she's going to go inboard, and she does, and she finds Zagetti. Zagetti with the football, 45 metres out from goal. As she stands at the moment, she's outside the paint. Certainly won't be able to get the distance from here. Probably just waiting for the forward 50 to open up a little more. Williams was leading towards the pocket. That's ignored. She'll go long for the goal square instead. The ball sits up in flight. Good strong mark taken back there. And Gina Lawson Tavern is the one who swallows the pill deep in defence. She elects to go towards the back pocket. Now finding Michaelia Meyer. Meyer. Now from the back pocket, will go for a run with no one on the mark. Swings it around, kicking wide towards the broadcast side wing. It's gone past the half-back flank. Ball is still dribbling along the carpet. Is it holding without the football against Rebelt? Umpire said no, it was fair. Camp had it momentarily for the Hawks. Got it quickly across to Humphreys. Humphreys goes towards the 50-metre paint. Umpire says push out in the contest. And it's going the way of the Darabin Falcons. Gina Lawson Tavern again getting another possession. A side down by nine points, six minutes remaining first term. Comes in board with the kick, juggling football, right off the pack. Uh, taken by uh, McLinden. McLinden goes inside 50. Did have a vacant forward pocket. The race is on. Half a dozen players coming out after it. Putting a little bump in there is Bolding. Does well to keep it alive. Jesse Williams there as well. Ball kicked along the carpet. Picked up by Caitlin Cox. Caitlin Cox. Oh. Caitlin Cox goes for home. It'll just fall short. But it doesn't matter. She's got a mark. Is it not paid in the goal square? Oh. Well, that's a bit stiff. And taking it away is Millie Sean for the Darabin Falcons. She'll go for a bounce. Clear it out of defence. Sean kicks it long up towards the centre wing position. Two on two is the race and the Falcons manage to figure it out. So Falcons now working it into their forward half. There's a player calling for it. It's Simpson at centre half forward. Goes in that direction. Grace McRae did oh, really well. well. Back with the flight. Great intercept mark. Centre half back, Grace McRae. Works it wide to Ainsley Kemp, who's got a bit of time and space here on the broadcast wing. 
goes short, finds bowling, good mark, centre wing, just in front of the interchange benches, looks to go inboard, does this is great ball movement from the Hawks. Zagetti inside the centre square now, centre half forward to Williams. So great chain of possession Humphreys from the Hawks. Humphreys is on here. Humphreys now, centre half forward, plays on, goes towards goal, got a player in the goal square, oh, Stratton well done. marks, plays on. Kicks the Hawks second from point-blank range. 2-3, 15, Hawks lead to Darabin. Yet to score. Four minutes to go in the first quarter. That was the best piece of play we've seen all day. Unbelievable. They just used the angle superbly. Set up brilliantly by the intercept mark by Grace McRae. Conveniently, you, you look at Darabin and there's no one. There's probably, there was probably like two players forward of the ball heading into that kick. And that's because Darabin have, have got a couple of spares behind the ball because they're getting absolutely pummeled in, in around stoppages and in around contested play. So it's a bit of a double-edged sword for Darabin. They've got, to, they've, got to try and, they've got to try and get some players forward of, the, forward of the ball. But the sun really starting to come out. We might, well, we'll go to boundary side soon with John Oven. He's just catching up with a player. We'll go with him very shortly. But we have the ball back in the middle of the ground. 15 to zip. Hawthorne lead Darabin here in the first term at La Trobe University. Wheeling gets the hand pass away. Cox now on the right boot, going inside 50. Stratton takes a mark and she'll be lining up for goal 30 metres out in a slight angle to the dock. She's brought her own footy today, Christy Stratton. It's unbelievable. What a, what a, five she, disposals so far. Five disposals already and, and it, every disposal she's had, it, it, it's felt, mm. it felt like it's got meaning, it's got purpose. So uh, again, another great centre clearance out of, the, out, of the, out of the middle by Hawthorne. In comes Stratton. Puts it on the left boot. It is high. It is straight and it's through the middle. Hawthorne, 3-3-21. Darabin yet to score. 17 minutes gone first term here on WolfRadio.com. Might take this opportunity to get some thoughts down boundary side with John Oven, who I see is standing next to Hawthorne's reigning karaoke champion, Jess Trend. Jess Trend is going absolutely ballistic down here. Uh, she's given uh, Stratton the uh, the nickname the Strat Attack. She's got she's she's absolutely up and about. Oh, I love that the uh, Strat Attack. Absolutely fantastic. So she's given you express permission to use that, despite not actually telling. Uh, she's given the fist pump up to the commentary box. She's enjoyed that, and so does the rest of the Hawthorne camp. Strat Attack. That is brilliant. Just come just come out with nicknames, you know, every every week, and oh, I tell you what, it's it's brilliant. I love it. So. Back to the middle, Mifsud tried to crash through Nick Callanan, but she wasn't going anywhere, so we'll have a secondary stoppage. Just two minutes to go in the first quarter. Hawthorne dominated so far. Whelan won the tap, ran into Gogos and Callanan, brought to ground. So we'll have another ball up, edging ever so closely to Hawthorne's inside 50. But now it's one away by Plunkett. Steph Simpson trying to get separation from Ainsley Kemp. Just paddles it to herself. Kemp will win this battle. Handball. Was looking for a teammate, but there's going to be a free kick, and it will go to Kemp for a hold. So the Hawks stop another foray inside 50 by the Falcons, and Kemp works it inside the centre square to Mifsud. So it's still on the defensive side of the ground, the Hawks. Can they work it like they did a few moments ago? Whelan now. Has Humphrey leading up to it. Has Stratton. Ooh. Kick doesn't find either of them. Callanan did well to just paddle it to her teammate Lawson Tavern's advantage, but she was wrapped up immediately by Stratton. Could have been a push in the back, but the umpire saw it differently. Hawks leading by 21 points. A minute to go. 
and taken immediately by Whelan, who's got the wheels all right. She swings around towards the half-fourth plate position. Went over the head of Francisi. Ball is on the ground. Who's going to try and pick it up? It's Parker who quickly got the hand pass away. Now with, oh, now that with kick. a long kick. It's a dangerous right across the hot spot at 40 metres out from goal. Two on two, and the Hawks went out with it with a snap on goal from Williams away to the right and will register as a minor score. 3-4-22 Hawthorne. Darabin yet to score. Under a minute to play here in the first term. I tell you what, you, you look, you encourage those sort of kicks every time, but that kick just just wasn't on there. I mean, the, the, just a, it was a two-on-two two situation, and it enabled the Hawks players. They were lucky to get lucky to get away with just a point. I hate I hate ninety-degree kicks. You got to try and kick it forward and kick it with purpose on an angle to run onto it. Otherwise, you leave your teammate is sitting dark as it's intercepted here. By the Hawks by Mifsud. Mifsud's got seven seconds. She's got to find a pass quickly. She sets it up. Oh, oh it was just dropped at the crucial moment. Quick hands off. The snap oh. from Whelan. Wall falls short in oh. the goal square. <laughs> and the Hawthorne player took the mark. I don't know. She Maybe she should have done a little bit of body work to let it bounce and see mm. what happens. I it, don't know. Oh, look. Look, it certainly doesn't go without question, Peter. I, I wouldn't mind seeing the um, wouldn't mind seeing a body blocked just to see where the ball bounces. It probably wouldn't have gone through for a goal e e anyway. But geez, you, you just wonder about those sort of things half the time. Let's go down to John O'Venner on the boundary. Sun's really breaking through, and it's heating up. But according to the weather report, still stay, staying at 23 degrees and feels like 23 degrees. Very hard to believe and very humid down here. We'll have more to say on the weather yeah, after this. Hopefully, chat uh, well. Not chat, but uh, I've been chatting with uh, the Hawks all uh, first quarter, but hopefully listening to the Hawks uh, huddle and uh, see what Cherie's got to say. Yeah, turn it up on that 23 degrees. It feels like it's 30 oh, up here. Uh, <laughs> just quickly to uh, Lucy Watkin, who was a Melbourne Cricket Club player in another life. Uh, uh, Lucy, if you won the toss today, are you batting or bowling on this wicket? Um, I, I always like to, uh, to field first, bowl first. Because oh, yeah. I like that I like to sit down for a while. <laughs> <laughs> if we're looking at actual pitch conditions, it's very green. So, yes, I'd agree with you, Luce. It's yeah. uh, win the toss and bowl first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, I'm ready. 3 4 22, Hawthorne, Darabin, uh, no score. Players that impressed both of you, Lucy Watkin and Alex Doherty. Uh, obviously, I think the standout at the moment has been Christy Stratton. I think the the, the, the two goals, the um, the well, how many disposals has she been on? She's, she's got six now. Up to six at the moment. She, she's she's running wild. Uh, love the defensive efforts from Ainsley Kemp. Every time yep. the ball's been down there, won some won some important one on ones as well. Grace McRae, I've liked Emma Humphreys. I think has been pretty solid. Um, at the moment, the Hawks players are just playing selfless team first football at the moment. I think that's um, it's a reason why they are where they are at the moment. Twenty two points ahead could have been more, to be honest. Seven scoring shots, very impressive. They dominated the time in forward half, and as we've seen in the AFLW, if you dominate time in forward half, result is probably going to go your way. But uh, Gina Lawson Tavern is actually leading the disposals on the ground. Uh, she's got eight. She's playing it down in defence for the Falcons. Amy Whelan also with eight. She's shown some real dash through the midfield. Some yeah. good clearance work as well. Absolutely. I mean, she, she's got some wheels on her, obviously, uh, Amy Whelan. And as well, Sigetti, I, I think, yep. has been has had a really uh, strong blue-collared game through the midfield as well. I think it's, um, she's, she's been very, very good. We'll take a quick break at quarter time. Hawthorne, 3-4-22. Darabin yet to score. What do you listen to while you're waiting for the next VFLW game on Wharf Radio? Do you long for the days when radio stations played music that you knew without being constantly bombarded with ads and by announcers who want to make it about themselves and not about the music? Welcome to GoRadio.Live. We're here 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, playing the very best music of the past 70 years. You can listen at www.GoRadio.Live or better still download the free GoRadio.Live app for your Apple or Android device. 
GoRadio.Live. It's radio as it should be. Life can be really tough when you or a close family member has cancer. But if you're 12 to 25, Canteen's in your corner. Canteen provides whatever practical and emotional support you need, from connecting you with other young people who get what you're going through, to helping you develop new skills to cope, and just bringing back some fun into your world. So if cancer's messing with your life, check out canteen.org.au. And remember, Canteen's in your corner. If you've had something stolen... Or if you've had property damaged, you need the police, not the sirens. If you've lost something or found something valuable. Or if you want to register a party or let us know you're going away on holiday, you need the police, not the sirens. When you need the police but not the sirens, you can now report these incidents online at police.vic.gov.au or call 131444. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. No matter what your age, most of us played sport when we were young and there was always one thing that made you want to disappear into the corner or even give up your chosen sport. And that was when somebody on the sideline hurled abuse at either you or a teammate or an official. These are things that make sports so painful for so many kids and the time has come to stop it. I'm Usman Kawaja from the Australian cricket team. My message is a simple one. Let kids be kids. Let them enjoy their sport. Find out more at playbytherules.net. Indeed, it is the VFL Women's Match of the Day. Darabin and Hawthorne here on WARFradio.com. And if you're listening to us and you have trouble finding the YouTube stream, it's because they set the link on private. Um, let me tell you that if you go to our Twitter account, at Wharf Radio, we have just tweeted the YouTube link now, so you'll be able to see that after it got texted to us. So, at Wharf Radio, you'll be able to see that uh, YouTube link. Uh, it was just attached to one of our previous tweets this morning. Have a look at that. And, uh, yes, please share it around with many people as possible. Peter Holden, Lucy Watkin, Alex Doherty and John Oven with you. In fact, we might head down boundary line first. John Oven was listening to Sheree O'Neill and the Hawthorne Huddle. Sheree, very happy with uh, the first quarter start from the Hawks. Very happy with uh, with uh, with ball movement throughout the ground. However, handball receives inside 50, need a bit of work. And uh, just to use time and space, it's very important. Yeah, well, I think the, the fact that we've, we've just got some of the stats here, six, the 16 inside 50s that quarter from, from Hawthorne. They're, they're, it's, it's clear as day that they're dominating, con, they're dominating control of the ball. Clearances are on top as well, six to one. And I, I think you just gotta you just gotta just make the most of those opportunities. They're just a little bit of cleanliness. You know, we, you touched on Lawson Taven before uh, we went to break. I think without her, this could have been a five-goal quarter from the Hawks. Yeah, she's been stood up really strongly in defence. Lawson Taven, I think they've done some really good job. I think Nicole Callan and uh, Nic- um, Angelica Gogos as well in the middle are applying a lot of tackle pressure as well. We're just about ready to get the second quarter underway here at Latrobe University. To get us started once again, here is Lucy Watkin. So umpire just checking the numbers on the field. Hawthorne, 3-4-22, leading Darabin yet to score. There's the siren for the second quarter. Umpire balls it up. Parrot, Cox, couldn't win the clearance. Now Callanan, she'll win the first clearance for the Falcons, but it's going to be taken away by Kristen Hay of the Hawks. Gets it out wide to McRae. She sends it up the far side of the ground to half forward to Williams. McNeese will get there first. 
Williams did really well, just couldn't keep it in play. So we'll have a ball up far side of the ground, about 55 metres from the Hawks' goal. They'll be kicking to the left side of screen, the left side of your dial this second quarter. Parrott, two taps, brought it to ground. Balrooston lost her footing. Cox, handball over the top, slapped away by Callanan. Now she goes back to clear defensive 50. McRae underneath it, another strong defensive mark on the edge of the centre square. And she'll go with a switch kick. Is it going to set up on the goal? Gunner, no, just went through her hands. Got it back off the bounce. Got her kick away towards the pocket. Ball does one bounce. Which draws the play towards her. Ingana, who got it back again, immediately smothered off her boot by McNeese. McNeese maybe got uh, the player in Zaghetti over the shoulder. The umpire agreed and said that is a free kick. So Lauren Zaghetti, she has the football. She's outside the paint. She kicks it towards the hotspot. 35 metres out from goal and a beautiful pass hitting the player right on the chest. Oh, it's Stratton again. And Christy Stratton will say, I feel like three goals today. I might just go back and have a shot. Could be on for a massive bag yeah. today, Peter. Stratton creeps in. She'll be kicking from 31 metres out, directly in front. Builds up a bit of speed before coming in. And she's got three. <laughs> Hawthorne, 4-4, four, four, 28. Darabin no score, two minutes gone, second term here at La Trobe University. Here's some thoughts on the dock. I'll tell you what, that lead up there from um, from Christy Stratton was brilliant. It's, it's what you want as, as, a, as a forward. She's not, not big on size, but geez, she, she's got some speed and, she's, and she can cause a lot of problems for, um, for the opposition defenders. And I'll tell you what, Grace McRae's marking hands so far this half has been just absolutely extraordinary. Yeah, McRae, she's taken two very strong contested marks. A lot of courage too. Both she's backed back yeah. into the contest as well. Yeah, well, she, she, she's obviously got the great the, the great IQ of, of reading the play and she's got the strong hand. So I'll tell you what, the way it's going. So Hawks, another goal on the board early in this first quarter. Only three minutes gone and they've hit the scoreboard as we go back to the middle of the ground. It was immediately hit the ground and... It was stopped, so another stoppage. Zagetti tapped straight into her lap, but she was tackled and brought to ground. So we're back inside the centre circle for another stoppage. So what can Darabin do to get back into this contest? Lynch, won her own tap down, was tackled by her opposing ruck in Parrot. And we'll have another stoppage just besides the centre circle. So Parrot and Lynch... Go again, Lynch this time, gets a bit of space. Simpson slapped it away. Sean, she's lurking. Kick was smothered. Now Simpson with the kick to centre half forward. Oh, well it's done. going to be intercepted by Shannon. She's trying to appeal that Mills ran over the mark and she should get a 50. Should have. Umpire didn't pay it as she works now towards Christy Stratton. She gets it out in front, does really well, dodges her opponent, pops it on the left, but it's going to be intercepted by the, the Pelicans' defence. And they'll take this opportunity to try and calm things down. Zagetti going up the wing. Oh, dear. Garner just read that easy. It was almost a gift to it. Nick Garner with the footy between centre wing and the half-forward flank broadcast side. Alex to go backwards. Managing to spot up Ainsley Kemp. Kemp now swings it around towards uh, between centre and centre-half back by Hey Hey at Saturday. And it's taken away by Kristen Hay, and she gets it out towards the wing position. This is a runner with McRae, now going inside 50 with the kick. 
one bounce. Awkward bounce there over the head of Sarah Cameron. And the ball will go over and out. We'll call for a throw-in. We're around about 35 metres around from that right-hand point post. We get some thoughts on the dock. Well, that was just quality ball movement again from the Hawks. They're just trying to switch up the play, try and open up the defensive the defensive wall that Darabin have set up. It's, uh, it's almost looking like a bit of a training drill at the moment, Lucy. It certainly is as the ball comes back into play. Sean lost her footing. Callanan wrapped up. McRae involved as well for the Hawks. So a ball up 45 metres from the Hawks' goal. They're once again dominating that time in forward half. The Hawks early in this second term. Shannon. She's in the dispute. Sean will get there first for the Falcons. Just lost her footing. Now Hay works it towards the forward pocket. It's going to bounce over the line for a last touch out of bounds free kick going to go the way of Ashley Gunn of the Falcons and she'll take it pretty much where the 50 intersects with the boundary on the far side of the ground. She goes short and finds Nicole Cullinan. Of course, a former Western Bulldogs AFLW Premiership footballer was nicknamed Mum by her teammates. As she goes up the line looking for Millie Sean, went through her hands. Calling for it here, if she can run onto it, is Mills. Beaten out towards it. Hawks ball. And they'll send it back from whence it came. Up and almost one in the back. The umpire said, no, it's not paid. You can play on. Trying to run there is uh, Baraldson. Goes inside oh. 50. There was a big fly there by Cameron. Couldn't get onto it. Stratton. If she could have turned around, she might have had four. But she dropped the pill. Umpire says she didn't have possession. you got to play on. Bolting is there as well. Lurking on the outside. McKay to try and stop oh, it. No. Stratton. Oh. Oh. Just goalkeeping on the last line of defence. Somehow, the Darren Falcons come out of it. Gogos is chasing after the football. Baraldson going with her. Gogos like a wheel clamp. Scotter dropped it. No free kick. Don't know why. Now it was taken away by uh, the Falcons. Thanks to all that hard work there by Gogos. The ball is at the halfback flank. They try to get themselves out of that traffic jam. A high kick was trying to find Western Sirrett, but it's ended up being a Hawks ball, and they come in board, and that's where they find Camilleri. So one of the debutantes of today, Camilleri. She's going to go towards McRae on the edge of the square. Another contested mark by Grace McRae. So attacking side of the centre square, just on the edge. McRae goes off her line, wants to send it inside 50 to Stratton. Couldn't take the contested mark. Now Carbone, tackle on Lynch. Cleared by Gogos into the centre square. Two on one. Be won by Vomberto. She was Go tackled on. strongly by Callie Duparquet. And the umpire will reward her for the tackle. So, she's got the ball. Defensive side of the centre square. Looking for an option as the Falcons work back. It was kicked off by Williams, who just went off the ground. And now it's going towards Amy Wheeland at half back. Good gather. Good gather. Runs along the line of the centre square and finds Dom Carbone. Attacking side of the broadcast wing. She's just looking for an option. Plays on. Sends it. Inside 50, mark not taken by Cameron. It's a horrible kick because Darabin had two spare behind the footy there and that, that was one of them. 
And they decided to go inboard, trying to make a contest of it as McLinden brought it to ground. Two Darabin players there. One of them's asking for a free kick, and the umpire says, I aren't paying anything. And the Hawks will send it back from whence it came. Three Darabin players there. Lynch managed to get it off the drop and then kicked it back in towards the centre squares. It came off hands. Picking it up off the carpet is Garner. Garner went with a hand pass, managing to find McLinden again. McLinden immediately smothered off the boot by Cullinan. Ball hit the deck. Everyone's going to pile on. Umpire is circling like a sheepdog. We'll blow the whistle and says, hey, bring the ball to me. And we'll call for a ball up. Let's go down to John Oven on the boundary. Just a quick one in regards uh, to uh, Darabin. I've just noticed that Alice Caddy has spent a, a significant part of this quarter on the bench. He's had a left shoulder strap, I have more to say, if need be. Thank you very much to John Oven doing fine work there on the boundary line as Gogos tried to slap it along the carpet, went back in for a second effort. Shannon wraps her up immediately and the umpire says, I'll ask for the football back. Hawthorne 4-4-28, Darabin no score. If you're listening to us on WARFradio.com, you can watch the YouTube stream now. We've just tweeted it via our Wharf Radio Twitter account. Please do share the link because they accidentally left it on private link as the ball is now on the ground. Just going over the top of it there momentarily was Mifsud. Couldn't hold into it. And the umpire said, there's a wrestle going on for the pill here. Gogos, one of them over the top. And Millie Sean will get off the bottom of the deck and give the ball back to the umpire. We'll restart it actually very quickly. Lynch tried to go up there. Perrot as well. Brought down to ground, Berolton. And the umpire says, you're holding the football. Free kick going the way of the Falcons and Nicole Cullinan. So it's the two leading disposal getters on the ground. Nicole Cullinan, 11 disposals so far. Amy Whelan the tackle E there. She's on nine disposals for the Hawks. Cullinan's kick finds Trinity Mills at centre wing on this broadcast side, and it's going to be 50. I think Hay just stepped off the mark there. So Trinity Mills has taken off, and she's bought it inside 50 for the Falcons. She's going to play on quickly. Works it into the centre, into the goal square, gets out the back. They just couldn't get boot to ball. Could the player in Macaloon? So it's Darabin's first score of the game. It's a behind. Nine minutes to go. Alex Doherty. It was the right option by Trinity Mills. Kick, kick, get the ball moving as quick as you can. It was a one-on-one -on -one opportunity. Just a bit unlucky to not, not get on the end of a goal. Long kick out of the fence is going to be intercepted. And Kali Dupake takes it for the Darabin Falcons. Dupake looking forward for some options. She is 60 metres out from home. Not much happening at the moment. No solid leads for her. So she's just going to have to bomb long and hope for the best at 35 metres out from goal. Looking for Lynch. Went over her head. Steph Simpson putting on the pressure. She immediately goes to ground. She got warned by a cheap suit. Now Kemp came over the top and got the football out. Kemp kicked it towards the opposite halfback flank. Now to Darren Falcon's ball. Here's the intercept. Goes towards the pocket. And the ball goes one bounce and over the boundary line and out of bounds, allowing the Falcons to reset play. 27-point lead to the Hawks. Here's the dock. Well, the thing I've been impressed with Darabin at the moment is their contested work around the ground. They've, they've leveled up the clearance count already, six, six all. So they've won most of their clearances this quarter. And, the, and, the, and their pressure, their, their contested work, it's, been, it's, been, it, it's raised up a level this quarter. So Buckley wrapped up immediately by Misford Lynch as well over the top for the Falcons. That... 35 metres from their goal. Let's go down to John Oven on the boundary. Just got an update uh, from Darabin. Alice Caddy likely out for the rest of the game. So Alice Caddy, shoulder injury will keep her out of this contest. So Darabin, 27 points down. Now also a player down as the Hawks try to work it up the outer wing. Bit of volleyball ends up into the hands of Humphreys. She goes low and hard. Bolding 
Carbone were there, but it's the Falcons who'll win out. They're going to go backwards to Callanan, who marks inside her own defensive 50. Goes for a run, takes a bounce. Now on the edge of the square, is going wide. Kick doesn't come off. That was looking for Mackay. Intercepted by the Hawks through Shannon on centre wing. Kick looking for Garner. Oh. Double fisted away by Callanan. Back into the hands of Shannon, who finds Williams. She'll send it inside 50. So running for it now is Francis for the Hawks. Shannon in there as well. Mackay just goes backwards to go forwards for the Falcons. As Gunn traps it at her feet, leaves it for Hazlitt, who's pushed off the ball by Williams in front of the Darabin interchange. Kemp now. An umpire's called a throw. So a free kick going the way of Ashley Gunn, defensive side of the broadcast wing. And she thought about going short to Lynch. Thought better of it, though. Has another short option on and Steph Simpson. So Steph Simpson, the Darabin captain, holds the footy. Defensive side of centre wing, broadcast side of the ground. Now goes to Millie Sean. A little bit of zigzag at the moment. Hawthorne 4-4-28. Darabin one behind. Six and a half minutes remaining in this first term. She goes long up the line, but it was read too easily by Eliza Shannon. And she wants to go backwards with the kick, and they're going to do the old swing around. And this time, Vomberto goes for a run. Kicks it long and high towards the centre of the ground. She was trying to find Francisi, but uh, it fell short of her. And it's a Darabin intercept taken by McNeese. McNeese coughed the football up a little too easily on that occasion. And uh, the Hawks now have it at centre-half back through Ainsley Camp. Camp now going to Garner on the broadcast side, half-back flank. Garner with the footy, her side up by 27 points. Alex to pass down the line, too much juice on the kick. Waiting out the back and taking a mark is Victoria Blackwood. Blackwood on the right boot, has Steph Simpson on. Oh. Just a little too high for her, went through her hands. Simpson had to have another crack at it and she was going at it with Garner. Ball on the ground, trying to get in there is Camilleri. Camilleri did some good groundwork, got it to Zaghetti, but it got immediately kicked, uh, smothered off her boot. Going in there was Gogos, umpire pulled out a free kick and said it's going the way of the Hawks and it's going to end up in the hands of the number 34 in Dom Carbone. So Carbone does what we've seen Hawthorne do quite a few times today, goes back, switches the ball to McLinden, who's gonna work it to the outer side to Kristen Hay. She's gonna go further up that wing and find Humphreys, who's got time and space to run. So Humphreys, Callie Duparquet in pursuit, won't get there as Humphreys sends it inside 50, out the back, Brulston marks it 45 meters from goal. Handball to Zaghetti, missed the target, Plunkett applying the pressure for the Falcons in the forward pocket. Baraldston tries to get it back, kicked away by Buckley, won't go very far, into the hands of Camilleri who sends it to the hot spot. No mark taken, ball comes to ground, Carbone is lurking, as is Sean, Garner now, handball back was looking for Cox, missed her, Cox at centre half forward, ran away from a few defenders, got the ball to the pocket, but it's all Falcons. Paige Kearney, the defender that collected that one. She's wrapped it up in the right forward pocket to get a stoppage inside the Hawks attacking 50. Just the one goal to Christy Stratton this quarter. Hawthorne 4-4-28, Darabin one behind. Four minutes to go. As the umpire calls for a ball in in that right forward pocket. And putting the hand up to nominate for the ruck, Sarah Cameron. And she'll be going against Sally Lynch in this contest. It'll be thrown in 40 metres out from the Hawthorne goal. Went through several sets of hands. 
Quick little pick up and dish off hand pass. Using the agency of Plunkett and they ran immediately into trouble. And the umpire says we'll reset play and we'll get some thoughts on the dock. Well, Darabin have done really, really well the past 10, minute, past 10 minutes in trying to stem how Hawthorne want to try and move the ball. We, we, we've seen it time and time again this half. Hawthorne are trying to trying to open up the ground, look at the switch, but Darabin are forcing them to sort of squeeze up and sort of play on one side of the ground. Going in there hard is Emma Humphreys, and while we say Emma Humphreys, a big shout-out to Callie Humphreys, who's watching at the moment on the YouTube stream. And the Hawks side up 4-4-28 to Darabin, just the one behind here in the second term. Ball came out to Caitlin Cox, couldn't quite jiggle, juggle it on me. Coming through there was a Victoria Blackwood who dropped the football. Trying to go back in again is Cox. Got the hand pass out to Humphreys. Humphreys ran into trouble, though. Callie Dubakay got her, and the umpire says that is prior opportunity because you bounced off one player and went into the second, and that is a free kick to the Darabin Falcons. So the Falcons work it to Sean. So Sean on the defensive side of this broadcast wing. Just asking for her teammates to come towards her. Takes a oh. run, and the kick off the side of the boot will be out of bounds on the full. So Ainsley Kemp will take that football. I'm not sure she was the closest player, but it'll work for the Hawks. I can understand because she's your teammate at Melbourne Uni, so she's probably seen you, Lucy, and gone, yep, I'm going to pass to Watto. Oh, yep, you're going to pass to me <laughs> up here in the commentary box. Another great passage of ball movement here from the Hawks. They work it into the middle of the ground to McClendon, who works it wide to Hay. Hay on the edge of the centre square on the far side of the ground. Was looking for Carbone. It went over her head. Garner now in pursuit. Hay... Now has to work back defensively against McAloon, who just goes off the ground, dribbles the ball inside 50. It's going to be Hay who gets there first. It's a two-on-one, and the Hawks will win out here. Hay gets the handball to Wheeland, gets it back, goes towards Bolding over her head. McNeese for the Falcons. She'll get the football, but good work by Bolding to just hold her up. And send a wing on the outer side of the ground. So one minute, 45 seconds to go. Darabin... One behind this quarter, and Hawthorne at the one goal. They lead by 27 points. Parrott beats out Lynch in the contest. Going to ground there and trying to get the hand pass out is Hazlitt. Ball popped out. Merely brought to ground and trying to get in there was Whelan for Hawthorne. Hand pass over the back of the head, trying to find Cox, close towards the boundary line. And it's actually a lasso free kick because it was a handball, even though it didn't hit anyone. It counts as a disposal. So what can Darabin do with this with uh, just over a minute remaining before the halftime siren? Goes long with the kick. Good punch put in there by Weston Stewart. Manages to see the ball dribble inside their 50, but Hawks do have numbers back there, including Kemp, who goes with a dangerous Ooh. kick towards the hot spot. Here comes oh. Millie Sean. That's gone every day of the week. No, Come not on paid. Millie Sean gets the ball anyway says oh, oh touched on the line I tell you what you don't have to be dead to be stiff oh. and Kelly <laughs> Duparquet it will get a minor score. Darabin two behind. Hawthorne 4 4 28. Were we talking about umpiring during our free game show? Yeah, look, they, they, haven't, they haven't listened to us, Pete, because that, that's a holding the ball every day of the week. Literally dropped the thing. Millie Sean, another one of my teammates at Melbourne Uni, actually. So good to see her with that tackle pressure inside attacking 50. Hawks, chain of handballs, ends with Von Berto on the far side, the defensive wing. Go centre wing. Strong mark taken by Carbone, who wants to play on quickly, sends it in the middle of the ground to McCray. Just has the presence of mind to hold up the football and gets it to Camilleri. She dodged her opponent to send it inside 50 for the Hawks, looking for Stratton. It's going to get out the back. Oh. What can the Hawks do here? Williams turns, puts it on the right boot. 
and it's not going to make the distance. As we get the siren for half time, Darabin two behinds that quarter. They're only two scores for the game, and Hawks with the one goal through Christy Stratton. 4 4 28 leads 0 2 2. Half time here at the Trobe University. And I just want to do a quick little shout out as well. Since you mentioned Millie Sean being a teammate out at Melbourne University, we should mention this is the first time we've had Lucy Walken on air since last year. Congratulations on the captaincy honours on the 2021 VAFA Premier B Team of the Year. Oh, thank you very much. It was a bit of a, it was definitely a surprise, not a bit of a surprise. It was a surprise, but it was nice to see myself and a few other of my teammates be rewarded for a really good season in that Team of the Year. The legendary Watto Waddle, as you used to call <laughs> the Watto, the Watkin Waddle. <laughs> They still legs. They still got it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, sincerely, congratulations on those honours. But back to this game, Alex Doherty, um, Darabin, they're showing us something, but the, the scoreboard's not showing it. Yeah, look, it, it's been great. It's been great effort all round by the uh, by the Falcons with their with their contested work. I think they they really outdid the uh, the Hawks in the clearances that quarter. I think they, they only had one in the first quarter. I think they ended up having six in this in the second. But I think you look at you look at how they're trying to move the ball forward. The, the, the reason why they're, they're only two behind is that they've tried to really push everyone in the defensive half, and there's not enough ta- there's not enough leg speed to get back on the other end. The only reason that they, they the first point I think they they got was because of a 50 meter penalty. That was the only time that that's probably one of the rare times they got you know in the forward half. And then the second time they were trying to take the game on, and that's what you want to see. And and I think for me, the, the, the only it's the only reason I can see Darabin ever getting back into this game is that they just take the game on. You can see that they're trying to do one, they're trying to play the one-on-one footy, and they're trying to back their players in to win the one-on-one contests. And around the ground, it's been good, but forward of the ball, I, I just can't see the leg speed that's going to carry them back into this game. It's not like the Essendon, which we've seen the last couple of weeks, who've got the leg speed, who just bolt numbers back there. Darabin, you, you watch, you can only maybe get one or two back at best. Yeah, that's right. And and you can see at Hawthorne as well that that they've got they've got the speed and they've got and they, I think they've got a bit of fitness in in them that can that allows them to get a couple of players pushed back and and try and get themselves out of that defensive 50 with such ease. Let's go down boundary side with Jono Venn. Jono, just again that injury update and I'm just seeing a number of Darren players already wearing the wet towels over their head. Yeah, indeed. I tell you what the weather conditions are very hard to predict and even understand here. Uh, here at La Trobe. It's a bit cooler now, and for some reason, it's gone up by one degree. Can you believe that? Doesn't quite make sense. I can believe it because we're in Melbourne, mate. Four you seasons don't. in a day, isn't it? Um, we're still yet to have, what, three? So that's what, So we've got one. Wait for the hailstones. They'll be juice. Yeah. They'll come from out of nowhere. Yeah, give it half an hour. There's actually there's actually a grey patch down there. <laughs> Just, oh, no, it's, it's, it. it's hardly significant, but nevertheless, it is there. Who knows? I wouldn't put... I'll put it beyond these uh, Melbourne weather conditions. <laughs> Thank you very much to John Oven down there on the uh, boundary line. Uh, Alex Stockerty, what do the goal kickers look like at the moment at uh, halftime? Well, we know that Christy Stratton from the Hawks has kicked three of their goals uh, so far, and Jesse Williams, the other goal kicker for, for the Hawks. And as for, and as for Darabin, well, no, no goal kickers at the moment. They're, they're zero and two. Yep, that's what the score reads at halftime. Hawthorne, 4 4 28. Darabin, two behind here on WARFradio.com. By the way, if you have found our YouTube stream, which we tweeted 
via our Wharf Radio Twitter account, at WARF Radio. Uh, please share that link as much as you can. Uh, those at the AFL house who look after the stream accidentally left it on private link. So please, um, if you do see that link, share it on your social medias as far as you can so more and more people can obviously uh, enjoy this game between Hawthorne and Darabin because we know a lot of people, a lot of family and friends out there want to uh, watch their players running around. Hawthorne 4 4 Darabin two behinds. We'll be back with the second half right after this. If you're after the most comprehensive coverage on women's football across Australia, then look no further than Rookie Me Central. Formerly Draft Central, Rookie Me Central has news and reviews, podcasts, videos, and much, much more on all the state leagues across the country, including the VFL Women's and NAB League Girls. Find out why everyone turns to Rookie Me Central for their women's football content. Follow Rookie Me Central on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube at Rookie Me Central. No business wants to throw money away. But did you know sending resources to landfill can be more expensive than recycling them? Planet Ark's free business recycling service can kickstart your workplace recycling journey, help you find the right recycling solutions and give you a competitive edge. Join the 1 million Australians using business recycling to keep valuable resources in circulation. Visit businessrecycling.com.au. It's just good business. Oh, hi, I'm Maria from Sesame Street. And Elma's Elma. And we're here to talk about driveways. Driveways can be dangerous for children. Or little red monsters. So it's important for parents to always watch their children around them. Yeah, driveways are for cars, not for play. That's right, Elmo. Play only in safe places away from driveways because people in cars may not see you. Uh, Elmo sees you, Maria. Tag, you're in. Oh, here I come, Elmo. <laughs> Remember, driveways are like roads. Always supervise, separate, and see. Learn more at kidsafevic.com.au. How often should you wash your hands? Maybe around nine times a day. Four? Like 20? Maybe twice a day. Whenever they feel dirty. When should you wash your hands? After you touch some raw meat. And before starting to eat. At the beginning, I wash my hands before preparing food. How would you rate your knowledge of food safety? Probably like an eight out of ten. Six or seven. Seven point five? Learn more at foodsafety.asn.au slash food safety training. Food safety, it's in your hands. Hey, hi. Your sub, we're here for Rad. Here's a simple word of advice. Don't drink and drive. If you plan to drink, plan ahead. Give up the keys. Either drink or drive. Don't mess around trying to do both. When you drink and drive, you're risking the life of yourself and the lives of everybody on the road. It takes a lot of courage to convince a friend not to drive after they've been drinking, but you might just be saving their life. So if you plan to drink, plan not to drive. The average person spends 44 minutes a day thinking about food. At Oz Harvest, thinking about food is a full-time job because we're always looking for new ways to nourish our country and combat food waste and hunger. Every day, we rescue quality surplus food across Australia and deliver it to those who'd otherwise go hungry. And you can help. Every dollar donated to Oz Harvest can provide two meals to people in need. Visit ozharvest.org. Thought for food. Been playing for a while Sweet kicks Cos footy makes you smile Sweet kicks football If you're getting ready for the trials Gotta go the extra mile Sweet kicks football hearing that sweet sound when you kick the ball? Need to develop your footwork or explosive speed? 
Want to take the next step in your footy career? Then you need Sweet Kicks. More info on our Facebook page or go to our website, sweetkicksfootballacademy.com.au. Gotta go the extra mile. Sweet Kicks Football. Even when everything is going great, the black dog of depression can sneak up on you. You're not alone. One in seven Australians are feeling just like you. But there is hope available. The Black Dog Institute provides information on diagnosis, treatment and prevention of mental illnesses like depression, bipolar disorder and anxiety. If the Black Dog is hounding you, visit blackdoginstitute.org.au for real help and support. Black Dog Institute. Putting health in mind. Storms are Australia's most costly natural disaster. Getting prepared now is the best way to protect people and to minimise damage to your property. Keep your gutters, downpipes and drains clear and stash any loose items in yards or on balconies. Trim any trees and branches hanging too close to your house and keep your roof in good repair. For emergency help, call the SES on 132500. Stroke can happen to anybody at any age. The best way to help someone is to learn the signs of stroke and know how to act fast. F is for face. Has their face drooped? A is for arms. Can they lift both arms? S is for speech. Is their speech slurred? Do they understand you? T is for time. Call triple zero. Time is critical. If you see any of these symptoms, act fast. Learn the signs of stroke and you could save a life. Go to strokefoundation.org.au forward slash fast to find out more. G'day, I'm Michael Caton. The Australian Conservation Foundation's Green Home Program is all about saving our environment. A low-flow showerhead will save 10 litres. No showering at all will save 20. So when any of my active friends are a bit on the nose, I never judge them but thank them for doing their bit to save water. For more information, go to www.acfonline.org.au slash greenhome and take action for our future generations. That's acfonline.org.au slash greenhome. What do you listen to while you're waiting for the next VFLW game on Wharf Radio? Do you long for the days when radio stations played music that you knew without being constantly bombarded with ads and by announcers who want to make it about themselves and not about the music? Welcome to GoRadio.Live. We're here 24 hours a day, seven days a week, playing the very best music of the past 70 years. You can listen at www.goradio.live or better still, download the free goradio.live app for your Apple or Android device. Goradio.live, it's radio as it should be. It's women's Aussie rules, they're doing what they love. The faster tough, don't mess with them because they can get rough. Are you ready for the challenge? Are you ready for the match? It's the call of the game. It's the VFL Women's Match of the Live from Tony Sheehan Oval at Trobe University, Bandura. It's the VFL Women's Match of the Day on WARFradio.com. 
89.1 FM at the ground, delay-free in case you brought your little radio with you, and also via the YouTube stream on the VFLW YouTube channel. It's Darabin two behind, trailing Hawthorne 4-4-28 at halftime. Peter Holden, Lucy Watkin, Alex Doherty and John Oven with you. And just a little heads up as well, we've got coming up at 1pm, hopefully on the VFLW YouTube channel, we've sent the Wolf Radio B team, B standing for Brent, we've sent Brent Sternberg along with Elise Collette to Casey Fields for Casey v North Melbourne. Lads, can the Casey Demons roll on to three and zip or can North break through for a win? Oh, yeah, I think they, I think they can. Uh, the way Casey are going at the moment, I think there's uh, every signs point to a third win this season for them. I think they've just been able to just coast through these games and, and just exert their dominance, use the depth of the um, their AFLW team as well to to get themselves the wins on the board early. They've beaten, or they had a struggle against a not-so-strong port side. They took care of business against Darabin here. North, I wonder, North got smashed by Hawthorne first up, but then North put in a good fight against Collingwood last week, and the saving grace for the day for Collingwood was Sabrina Fedrick with four goals. Yeah, well, uh, well look, I've, I've said my penance about Sabrina Fedrick individually uh, uh, over, the, over the course of the season, over the course of the last couple of years, personally, but... I, th- I think, look, North. I, I look at North, and I think they're a very, they're a very, you know, a team, a team that's still trying to build themselves up uh, as as a VFLW uh, standalone side. Going back to Casey, I'm, uh, I'm definitely with, I'm definitely with you, Alex, on uh, them going three and uh, zip, and I'm very happy with what Ali Dow is doing. Uh, the uh, the new Casey recruit coming from. Uh, a, uh, a wonderful team uh, from Mulgrave. You might have heard of them, the Eastern Devils. They have a wonderful <laughs> bar there, just quietly. <laughs> it's actually currently non-existent, Pete. What? Uh, what? <laughs> I want to see the president about this. There's actually... Uh, well, you can chat to Foxy if you want, but she'll tell you the whole place is under construction. Uh, it's Fair uh, Yes, um, but... Yeah, hopefully it'll be back uh, soon. Unfortunately, nothing's been done uh, during the lockdown period. But just, just quickly, before we let you back downstairs, um, the injury to report from Darabin for those that have just joined us. Yeah, so if you've just joined us, uh, Alice Caddy will likely take no further part in the game. She's had her left shoulder strapped and uh, spent a considerable amount of the second quarter on the bench as a result and looking to probably miss out the rest of the game as well as the third quarter approaches. Thank you John O'Van and we might bring in very shortly Lucy Watkin because we actually will have a question for her about AFLW and expansion because Sam Virgo is watching online. You may know her from previously playing in the AFLW with the Lions and the Suns. Of course you also played uh, down at Yoronga South Brisbane in the QWAFL and Sam was watching and she was wondering uh, what uh, about the expansion rules. I mean what, what, what are clubs are allowed to sign? Well I don't know if they've been explicitly written out yet, but I think in the 2019, 2020, we had those rules. There were like things for a certain number of players that you could sign from different clubs. And I think, as Sam would probably know from being involved in that expansion with the Suns and the Lions, teams were told that you're going to lose probably X amount of players and stuff like that. But I don't think there has been rules sort of put out yet the, the the one that i did read and this i think was about a years ago and they may have tweaked it and changed it all over again was i heard they could sign up to 11 players uh for each of the expansion teams yeah uh, but they didn't say specifically a cap on what club uh, like the previous rules was which was four from a club that you could raid so i got told there was 11 uh and obviously you could sign uh, senior listed players, so for example, senior listed VFLW players who have already nominated for the draft and not been picked up. 
can be signed. Yep. So that's another thing to bring into the pool. And then obviously they've got their own little zones as well, like Hawthorne did with the Eastern Rangers and they can and they can pick out of. Uh, and then obviously we know with the draft rules at the moment that Hawthorne, Essendon, Port Adelaide, Sydney will all get their first two picks at the front of the draft with the order to be determined. Yeah, well, that, that's it. I think we'll, we'll, we'll know more about the rules as, as we go along. I think back to I think back to the expansion you know, a couple of years ago with um, with when Gold Coast and 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 West Coast came into the side and they they posted probably about a third of their a third of their um, the rival list so uh, and and as well Sam would probably know that you know as well but I, I think look I, I think we'll, in terms of the draft award I think we'll find out more as as the sign as as we get more signings I think we've, we've seen we've seen Richmond. Nab Monconti and, and Katie Brennan, they had to give up their number one pick as, as a result of that. And I think you look at you look at North Melbourne, they 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 raided they raided you know Collingwood, the Dogs, and and even to, and even Brisbane up north. And I don't think they had it. They had a first round pick or, or no? Yeah. yeah, I think it was the twenties. They had the yeah. I think yeah, yeah. I think their first pick would have been yeah, yeah. well into the second. I, I know Starsevich was filthy on North because Starsevich expected to lose players to the forthcoming Gold Coast expansion. He wasn't expecting to mm-hmm. lose players down to Victoria. And he's going, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> yeah, look, I would have, I would have been filthy about that as well. But uh, then you also see sort of where those rules have also disadvantaged clubs like St Kilda, who definitely they couldn't reel in that big name to the club. And then they were almost punished for it in the draft. Yeah, in well, that first year. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it, it's a, it's it's a bit weird, isn't it? I mean, I mean, they obviously had Patricios with that first pick, and and that and that was a and that was a really good pick as well. But then, yeah, and no one but, could have foresaw what was going to happen with that. Yeah, look, the hindsight's a beautiful thing, of course. But you look at you look at the next pick. I don't I don't think they had a pick until the twenties. Mm. They, they, they they I think they had traded away. Uh, they traded away. I think some of their first, they had a first round pick. They traded away to the doggies for um for Emma Mackey, and she didn't exactly. You know, I think she played a couple of games. But that mm. was it. And just quickly uh, before we get underway, isn't it funny? Brisbane got raided, angry about it, but they're actually the reigning premiers. Yep. Just imagine how much stronger they could be. Here's Lucy Watkin. So second half underway here at Latrobe University. Hawks leading by 26 points. Angelica Gogos at the bottom of the pack from the ball up. So. Have another ball up to start the second half. Callanan, the leading disposal getter on the ground, hands the ball back to the umpire. Lynch got that one away, missed it, squeezed out a handball to, Ka- to Gogos. Kick came off the side of the boot, now Humphreys. Handball over the top to her ruck in Parrot, who goes wide again to Garner. Garner goes for a run, low bullet pass, passes all of her options inside 50. Francis put a tackle on that meant the disposal didn't get away very far from the Falcons' defence. And we'll have a ball up 40 metres directly in front of the Hawks' goal. Going to the right of your screen to start the second half. So down to Buckley. Clears defensive 50 for the Falcons. Weston Serrett waiting for it. Couldn't get possession. McClendon grabbed it. And she was wrapped up immediately by McAloon on the edge of the centre square on the far side of the ground for a ball up. Here on WARFradio.com, your home of women's footy and delay free at the ground on 89.1 FM. If you bring your radio to the ground to be able to listen to our call, taken away by Baraldson, who goes towards the centre forward position with a bit of a grubber of a kick that's along the ground. Trying to jump in over the top wheel and the umpire's going to blow the whistle and say, I'll take the football back, please. In fact, it was Francisi, pardon me, and we'll restart play. 48 metres out from goal. Umpire just checking behind him that there's no one there so he can back out safely. 
Throws it up in the air again. One out by Sally Lynch. Went to open space now. Dribbles in towards the middle of the ground. Parrott with an awkward little hand pass over the top. Oh, that's a one-handed there by Baraldson. The umpire said, yep, that's a throw. And that is a free kick going the way of the Darabin Falcons. And it's going to end up with a Cole Cullinan. Won seven premierships, five in the BFLW and VWFL with Darabin, one at Melton Centrals, and of course uh, one with the Bulldogs in the AFLW. Her kick though is going to be sent back from whence it came. It got out towards the wing position, now picked up by Nick Garner. Garner going for a run, using Cox, now getting across to Vomberto. Vomberto teaming up beautifully here. The Hawks will move it inside 50, looking for Stratton, just got knocked away from her hands at the crucial moment by Lawson Tavern. In goes Sally Lynch, fighting in for it is Stratton, and the umpire says it's going nowhere, and we'll call for a ball up, and we'll get some thoughts from Alex Doherty. Well, that was a good that was a good passenger play there by the Hawks. They're just link, they're linking up really, really well. I've liked their start to the game. Darabin, I, I, I think we, we touched on it before the, the halftime break, Peter, I think They've got to try and play stoppage footy, try and try and move the ball up as a unit and, and cause a stoppage because they're not they're not going to run they're not going to run Hawthorne off off their legs here. So Lynch rewarded a free kick for a throw out of the congestion, works it to that outer side, goes through the hands the defender Kearney, now Garner for the Hawks, goes inboard, it's all Falcons ends up with Gunn. Gets a handball to Gogos. Gogos goes wide, looking for Western Serret, who does mark. Just on the defensive side of the outer wing. Has a player in Simpson coming towards her. Knocked off by Whelan. Kick away by Mifsud towards centre-half forward. Handball goes inside to Cameron. Wheels around her opponent. Puts it on her right boot. Williams is underneath it. Just goes through her fingers. Gogos, she collects it on the bounce. And she was wrapped up by Williams. So a ball up, 45 metres, directly in front of the Hawks' goal. Darabin yet to really enter their forward half of the ground. From the stoppage, Cameron, handball back to Mifsud, gets through traffic, kicks towards Stratton, brings it to ground. Francisi just couldn't collect the crumbs, but stopped the Falcons' defender in her tracks and will have another ball up, 20 metres from the Hawks' goal. Umpire clears the way and throws the ball high in the air and away we go again. Went past several players. Lynch tried to body work onto the ball. Couldn't do so. Trying to tunnel ball it out there is Mifsud. Hurry kick around the corner by Whelan towards the top of the square. Stratton came charging out towards it. Couldn't get onto it. McNeese was there for Darabin. Hurried squeezed hand pass out. Cullen there now on the left boot. The Falcons come towards the halfback flank. No one really on here. And guess who's going to get to the football? It's the one and only Emma Humphreys. Draws the player towards her. Gets the hand pass to Kemp. Kemp unloads. Goes towards the top of the goal square and taking a mark. 20 metres out. Reading the ball beautifully because it was a slight hook at the end from the breeze is one Jesse Williams will be looking for her second of the day. Here's some thoughts from Alex Stockerty. Well... The, pre the press that Hawthorne is setting up uh, behind the ball here is just absolutely brilliant. Emma Humphreys had the time, the space to just assess the option and pick out a, pick out a, a space for the for the forward to leading on, to lead into. It was it, great footy. Jesse Williams very close to the player on the mark, but it's effective. It's through the middle. Hawthorne now moved to five four thirty four. Darabin two behinds. As we've gone five minutes into this third term here at La Trobe University in Bandura. Once again, let's hear from John O'Venn down on the boundary. Skies seem to have opened up just a little bit more and I think we'll have probably this heat. So definite 24, maybe even higher heat for the rest of the day. It's very humid at 56%. Yeah, so 
these conditions are pretty much likely to stick around. It's hot and nasty down here. To the dock. Yeah, look, uh, I think... We've got we've got to see uh, Darabin try and take the game on a little bit more through through the through the through the centre bounce here. We've mentioned their clearance their clearance ability in the second quarter. Uh, I've I've really appreciated the the work of Gogos and Callanan, but they've got to try and they've got to try and find that that next level. Try and some, find some poise, find some cl some class with the ball. So Jesse Williams' fourth goal of the season takes Hawthorne to a lead of 32 points as Shannon works it out of the stoppage. Into the path of Balrutsen. She's corralled by Cowley Duparquet, but still gets the kick away to Garner. Second leading possession getter for the Hawks as Camilleri was pushed as she kicked it. So there'll be a free kick downfield to Sophie Bolding. Just quickly around the grounds, Geelong 3-6-24. Lead Port Melbourne, no score. Five minutes gone, third turn. So Bolding gets the handball back to Garner. Her 17th disposal. Works it inside 50 to Stratton. Good punch from behind came from Blackwood as Zagetti was wrapped up immediately. Oh, umpires actually called this one a push in the back. So Hazlitt gave away the free kick to Zagetti. She's 65, 55 from goal, I should say. Garner, her kick was low and darting, but just found the chest of McNeese. McNeese with a footy, waits patiently for an option. And I'm not exactly sure what option she was looking for. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. She had Western Steer it on, she had Lawson to have it on and found absolutely none of them. Mm. And the ball dribbled over the boundary line and out of bounds. The Hawthorne player is actually asking, saying uh, in, in Francesi, going, can I get a deliberate here? And the umpire says, no, it wasn't deliberate. That was just fluffed. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, was just, it was just a poor decision and, and poor execution there. So I'm not, not sure. Look, it doesn't hurt to uh, appeal, appeal the and, and ask the question, but geez. As the ball is thrown back into play, punched, hit the ground, trying to get on the end of it is Bolding. She does on the left boot with a little Texas wedge kick. Works out okay. Just went the required minimum distance and taking a mark. 25 metres out directly in front is Jessie Williams. She'll be looking to try and catch up to Christy Stratton, who's got three. She'll equal it if she kicks this one. Her side currently up by 32 points. Eight minutes gone, third term. Williams, again, close to the player on the mark. Ooh. Hello, Wilbur. It's a Wilbur post. Hawthorne 5-5, 35. Darabin two behinds here in the third term. It looks, it looks like the, well, the Hawks have been very, very good with their uh, with their vision inside 50 this quarter. It's um, it's not, look, not looking pretty here for the, uh, for the Falcons. So McNeese kicks it over the head of her teammate this time. Whelan oh. into the centre square over the head of Cameron. Ball's on the ground. McNeese sees it over the boundary line. Bolding is trying to get deliberate. But the umpire says, we'll throw it in. So about 10 metres around from that left point post on the far side of La Trobe University. Umpire's just instructing the Rucks where to contest this ball up. Ball in, sorry. So Cameron, Western Serrett. No one gets a hand on it, so it gets out the back. Rebolt was dispossessed. Cox tried to go off the ground, didn't go very far, but it got to Zagetti who got it to Bolding. Left foot snap, dribbles towards the goals. McNeese, she dribbled a kick away as well to Zagetti, who got a don't argue and a high up and under. Was raffled by a few players. Had to be collected on the bounce. Still in dispute, about 40 metres from the Hawks goal. Zagetti just runs through traffic. The kick towards goal, Cameron. Almost took the mark again. That's another behind to the Hawks. So 5-6-36 to Darabin, 
two behinds. Ten minutes gone in this third quarter. They've just completely dominated this 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 third quarter, Hawthorne. Uh, just trying to find answers. Just trying to find answers here to get out of here, Darabin. They just can't just can't execute the the right options. Jenna Lawson tabbing in the back pocket on the northern side of the ground. Hesitates and now goes with a little chip kick. Works out okay. Finds her teammate. And it looks like I think it might be Lynch out there who now goes up the line. Only for it to be intercepted. Taking the mark here is Bolding for Hawthorne. Bolding just outside the paint. Now runs inside the paint and goes with a short kick. Was looking for... Trying to find Cameron. It was uh, kicked out of there by Gogos. Went long. Perrot from behind. Did the spoiling work. Just running through there. Baraldson did well. Gave up the hand pass. Now it's uh, in the hands of Kemp. Kemp still going. Kemp delivers inside. 51-2. Now whose hands did it hit first? I don't know, Doc. Uh, Williams claims it. I'm not sure if there were Darabin hands from behind first that just got that early touch. Oh, usually you pay those uh, for, to, the, to the player in front, Pete. And look, yeah. we can make the we can make the argument. Yeah, there was a hand on there, but geez, the umpire the umpire would have to have a magnifying glass to pick that out. Williams runs at the play oh. on the mark, sells the candy, can't quite finish off. It's out of date, and a minus score. Hawthorne five seven thirty seven. Darabin, two behinds. We've got nine minutes remaining here in the third term. And here is someone you read on afl.com.au and you hear on the Credit to the Girls podcast, it's Lucy Watkin. Well, I'm just going to throw it to Alex Doherty now. You mentioned Darabin not being able to get it into their forward half. 34 inside 50s to six currently. Yeah, geez. The, Haw the Hawks have set themselves up beautifully here and it's playing in... And Darabin's use of the ball is just playing into the uh, the zone defence that Hawthorne have set up here. Getty into the goal square. Carbone out the back. Oh. Another goal the way of the Hawks. So 6-7-43 leads two behinds. Hawthorne with that 41-point lead. And Alex, just to continue that conversation, 35 inside 50s to 6 now. It might be the best thing for Darabin to, just, to, just to concede the goal, get it back in the middle because they just can't find any answers getting out of that defensive 50. The Hawks, I don't know whether or not it's it's, it's Hawthorne's zone defence that's playing in that's that's playing into their favour, or if it's just Darabin just trying to, just trying to look for any exit, they, they, they can't even get it out out here on, on the defensive fifty on the boundary side. It's it, it, it's getting ugly. Umpire just looking around and seeing who's standing where. Make sure everyone's in position before he'll get play underway again. Don't worry, you have to worry, don't worry about the red light. We're not seven or Fox Footy. <laughs> we can get going when we need to get going. Six seven forty three Hawthorne two behind Darabin. Parrot. Brought the ball to the ground. Watching on there is Hazlitt. And the umpire says uh, it's going nowhere. It's all locked in. Call for the ball back. Thank you very much. On the bottom of that, uh, Kelly Dupaquet. And she goes again. Takes immediately out of the rack. She's caught by Cox. Ball hit the ground. Now comes out to be a Hawthorne ball. They had Garner waiting on the outside. They want to go to her. And that's what they're going to do. She's on centre wing. It sits well for her. Got a Darabin player just on her left shoulder. Manages to kick around the corner from her. But the intended target, Stratton, was caught behind in that case. And getting in front was Blackwood to take the mark. Victoria Blackwood from the half-back flank, broadcast side of the ground. Garner tries to park herself underneath it. Lynch was there as well. Taken away by Camilleri. She got it quickly off to Mifsud. Mifsud goes inside 50. One bite of the cherry. Cameron couldn't hold on to it. Got out to Shannon, though. Shannon from the pockets. Oh. Almost grazed the point post in the end after she was under immense pressure. Hawthorne 6 8 44. Darabin two behinds. Once again, he's the doc. Uh, look, it, it, 
I don't know where, I don't know whether or not it's uh, Darabin just tiring at the moment, but the, Hawth the Hawks are just running all over them at the moment. It's the clearances. The Hawks have just dominated them in this quarter. I think they're already, I think they're already plus seven since half time. So it gets worked towards Plunkett. Still deep inside defensive 50, the Falcons working it from that behind by Shannon that put Hawthorne 42 points up. Now Simpson looks towards the line, bounces in front of Weston Serrett, came off her boot as Francisi is pushed off the ball by McAloon. And it is going to be out of bounds on the full free kick, came off the boot of Weston Serrett and Nicole Garner will be the beneficiary of that one. So about 75 metres from goal on the boundary here on the broadcast side. Goes back to centre wing to Kemp. She's a, been a very good user of the ball so far today. Kemp, she runs around Steph Simpson. Handballs over the top to Mifsud. Misses her, Perrett, Whelan. They go for it and Perrett just tries to paddle it to her own advantage. Ends up in the hands of Whelan, was pushed off the kick. Gets into the path of Sarah Cameron and Stratton. Cameron got the handball away. Stratton dodges traffic, left foot snap. Just away to the right. So another behind for the Hawks. 6-8-44, Darabin two behinds. Five minutes to go in the third quarter. Well, the, 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 the thing that I'm noticing with Hawthorne at the moment is I think they're trying to get too Christy, too Stratton centric. They're yeah. trying to, they're trying to look for it at almost every inside fifty entry they get. And uh, look, there's probably about four or five other options you can kick to at the moment. Just try and get every, just try and get every, everyone involved here. And McKay takes the footy. Her kick though isn't all that great, and it puts it into a dispute as it's going to be picked up by Emma Humphreys off the half now half forward flank for the Hawks. She delivers inside fifty. Ball was just awkward there for uh, Shannon to trying to get onto. And the Falcons will clear it off their back line, trying to find the McNeese direction here on the half-back flank of the broadcast side, spinning around and around her opponent, and that was Garner who got off the hand pass to Mifsud. Mifsud popped it inside, 50 to the hot spot, came off hand. Stratton was lurking around if they can find her. Is that one dropped cold? The umpire says, yes, Carbone is caught. And a free kick going the way of the Falcons, and they move it quickly, trying to put it in the path of Trinity Mills. Mills chasing after the football. Humphrey's going with her, and the ball will go over the boundary line and out of bounds. We'll call for a throw-in. Hawthorne, 6-9-45. Darabin, two behind, under four minutes remaining in this third term. Just looking ahead for these two sides. Next week, Darabin play North Melbourne, the side they beat at Arden Street oh, last yeah. year, and Hawthorne played the mining Rainer Premiers. The reigning minor Premiers. <laughs> Try to say that twice for you getting your tongue twisted. Collingwood next week will well, be intriguing. I'll tell you what, that's going to be a, a massive clash, uh, Hawthorne-Collingwood. And, and, and another another game that Darabin can actually circle down as, as, a, as a potential win because... I look at the, I look at their clearance work. Today has been all right in patches, but they they're just the, the the overall fitness base of Hawthorne. I think it's it's really coming into its own in in this third quarter. In these conditions, you've got to be fit to play out a game, and Hawthorne they're doing that very very well. As Angelique Rebolt for the Falcons Whoa. marks in the middle of the ground, Garner made it hard for herself. Now Meyer off the ground. Just tries to work Kemp off the ball instead of going for the football inside 50. And the Hawks, too good again on that occasion. Clear it through Garner. Now Francisi just kicks it off the ground. Still at centre-half forward. Gogos slapped away by Hay of the Hawks. Just can't pick up the football. Makes it a contest. 60 from the Falcons' goal. Spills out to Perrett. She gets it to Camilleri. He'll work it to Dom Carbone. Centre wing on the outside of the ground. 
Hawks just happy to hold it up with two and a half minutes left in the quarter. Shannon, punch from behind was good by Lawson Tavern as the ball trickles to the boundary. And it's going to be a last touch out of bounds free kick. That will go the way of Gina Lawson Tavern. Kicks up the line. Just goes through the hands of Trinity Mills and it's going to be a throw-in this time. So throw-in, attacking side of the outer wing for the Darabin Falcons who trail Hawthorne by 43 points. Two minutes to go in the third. Perrett versus Lynch in this contest as the ball is thrown back into play over the head of both of them. And uh, because it tapped the player who wasn't involved in the ruck in Camilleri, that means it's a free kick to the Falcons. And it ends up in the hands of Lynch. And Lynch goes up the line, only for it to be sent back from whence it came. Having the football there is Francisi. Got a hurried little hand pass away in heavy traffic. Now the kick up the line is very good. Hitting on the chest there, the player coming forward, and Sarah Cameron. Cameron now wants to go inside 50 with the kick. It's an awkward bouncing ball. Works out okay. Shepherding work put on by Shannon. Now they set it up towards the hotspot, 25 metres out from goal. Crash of bodies, only for it to be intercepted. Oh. Taken away by Emma Humphreys. The kick game flash. And in the end, maybe not bad. They get the reset the play. The ball is out of bounds, 10 metres around from the left-hand point post. Maybe I, th I think that... Um she had, a, she had probably a few more seconds there, mm. Emma Humphreys, because that was just a, a rushed kick without thought. It probably, had, it probably could have taken another couple of seconds to really just try and balance herself out. Take the grass, as my coach always says. The ball comes back into play. There's no hydroponic setup in that just quietly. <laughs> Zagetti was wrapped up. We'll have a ball up 30 metres directly in front of Hawthorne's goal. Ticking down to three-quarter time. Lynch over the top. Mifsud came in to create another stoppage. So umpire is calling for those rucks. He'll go again. Mifsud slapped it away. Carbone coming through. Sean for the Falcons. Now Callanan wrapped up again by Mifsud. 20 seconds to go in the third quarter. About 45 from the Hawks goal. Can they conjure something on three-quarter time? So Don Carbone contested the ruck despite being about 20 centimetres too short. Gets it back on the boot to the square. Siren sounds. Oh. Shannon still went and kicked the goal, but it won't count. Hawthorne 6-9-45, Darabin two <coughs> behinds. We had two goals from the Hawks that quarter. Jesse Williams is on two. Dom Carbone has the one. And Christy Stratton, she's got three for the day. Let's head down to the boundary to John Oven. I was just watching the Darabin bench for a lot of that quarter. I saw Millie Sean just itching to get out there. She spent an extended break on the sidelines. Good to see she's back out there, though. She was absolutely itching to get back. They've uh, probably had a few issues with rotations today, obviously. But uh, I'll be uh, in the Falcons huddle to see what can Kate Tyndall has to say. I'll be back soon. Looking forward to hearing what Kate Tyndall has to say after that quarter where Alex Darabin again struggled to get it inside forward 50. Yeah, well, it's a uh, look, it, it, it's just a, a massive quarter from the Hawks. They just dominated clearances, dominated the possession of the play. That, those inside 50s you, you counted earlier in that quarter, Lucy, I think it just sort of just sort of exemplifies the sort of dominance Hawthorne have had today. Well, leading disposal getters, Nicole Garner, she's got 22. 
Amy Whelan also of the Hawks, she's got 22. Nicole Callanan leading the way for the Falcons with 15. And Lauren Zaghetti also with 15. As we mentioned, the goal kickers, Jesse Williams with two, Dom Carbone with one, and Christy Stratton with three as Hawthorne lead Darabin by 43 points at three-quarter time. And just quickly, since you mentioned Amy Whelan, what was one of her schoolmates? Julia Montesano. And that gives oh. us a great plug for tomorrow. AFL.com.au via the VFL app. Julia Montesano will be on the the call for the Bulldogs and the Saints at Witten Oval. For those that uh, want to catch that VFLW match of the day, Julia Montesano on commentary, 9.45am tomorrow via afl.com.au forward slash VFL or via the VFL app. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back shortly here at La Trobe University. Life can be really tough when you or a close family member has cancer. But if you're 12 to 25, canteen's in your corner. Canteen provides whatever practical and emotional support you need, from connecting you with other young people who get what you're going through, to helping you develop new skills to cope, and just bringing back some fun into your world. So if cancer's messing with your life, check out canteen.org.au. And remember, Canteen's in your corner. Hi, this is Missy Higgins for RAD, recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving. I see a lot of things at gigs, mostly people having a good time and a few drinks. But what I'd hate to see is someone getting behind the wheel after they'd been drinking. Being even a little bit over the limit makes it too easy to lose control. So if you plan to drink, plan ahead. Arrange a designated driver who won't drink. Remember, music lives and you should too. We're at a party. Three little kids were playing in the pool, all under five. Adults were busy talking, glanced over, noticed a little one underwater. I think she needs help. That's how easily something can happen. It only takes a few seconds. Don't worry, the party had a happy ending. But we need to remember, fence the pool, shut the gate. Teach your kids to swim, it's great. Supervise, watch your mate and learn how to resuscitate. I'm Laurie Lawrence. Kids Alive, do the five. What do you listen to while you're waiting for the next VFLW game on Wharf Radio? Do you long for the days when radio stations played music that you knew without being constantly bombarded with ads and by announcers who want to make it about themselves and not about the music? Welcome to GoRadio.Live. We're here 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, playing the very best music of the past 70 years. You can listen at www.GoRadio.Live or better still, download the free GoRadio.Live app for your Apple or Android device. Go radio.live. It's radio as it should be. It's the VFL Women's Match of the Day. Indeed it is the VFL Women's Match of the Day here on WARFradio.com. 89.1 FM at the ground delay free and on the VFLW YouTube stream Hawthorne 6945 leading Darabin two behind to three quarter time you've got Peter Holden, Lucy Watkin, Alex Doherty and John Oven with you and we just want to give a quick plug if you watch via the VFL app coming up at one o'clock or search on YouTube at one o'clock for Casey Demons versus North Melbourne we'll have the B team on the call we'll have uh, Brent Sternberg and uh, Elise Collette out there at Casey Fields if you want to catch that game and tomorrow we've got two games for you as well at 9am we kick off on air with the game between Collingwood and Williamstown and then we're back at 1pm for Carlton versus Essendon let's go down to John Oven. so I was just listening in to Kate Tindall as I said earlier and she started off by simply saying look we're a player down 
conditions are less than ordinary, but I tell you what, you're instilling pride in the jumper. Let's just be brave and go out this last term, uh, uh, putting in the 110% rather that we have uh, throughout this game. There we are, Alex Doherty, the message of pride in the jumper. Yeah, well, look, the way it's going at the moment, Hawthorne just r running rampant around them. Currently in, uh, inside 50 count, 40 to 7. So the Hawks have just dominated and, and had the ball inside their offensive half for, I, I would probably hazard a guess, about 75, 80% mm. of this match. So, and, and I think the Hawks, they, they were well well on top of the clearances that quarter. We, we've seen Darabin try to play that stoppage football, trying to, trying to just move the ball up gradually from that halfback, but it hasn't worked because the Hawks around, around the contest have just been just absolutely sensational. Well, we're not too far away from getting the final quarter underway. The umpire just waiting for the crowd to leave the venue. We're almost there, and that means it's time for Lucy Watkin. So final quarter here at La Trobe University. Hawthorne leading by 43 points. Lynch and Parrott to kick us off in the middle of the ground. Simpson wrapped up on the edge of the circle. Umpire hovers, crosses his arms for a ball up. So Lynch and Parrott will do it again. Lynch this time won the stoppage. Gogos couldn't get her kick away. Umpire said play on as Kemp intercepts the quick kick and heads to the outer wing. Finds Dom Carbone who juggles the mark. Plays on. McNeese didn't know what to do. Was left shell-shocked as Carbone ran off and sent the ball to half forward. Cameron couldn't quite mark it. McRae... Started this game really strongly, had a quiet third term, but she's in the action early. Simpson tries to slap it away to Mills in the outer wing. She's tackled, somehow gets the kick up the wing. Looking for McAloon. Hay will meet it first for the Hawks and send it up the outer wing. Looking for Domcar Bone. Trails the boundary out on the full, so a free kick will go the way of the Darabin Falcons. Defensive half of that outer wing. As we wait for the ball to be brought back into play, we'll go with a short chip kick. The umpire gives a little hurry up, and that's what they do through Meyer going up and towards the centre of the ground. Rebelt was there, just came off her hands, couldn't quite stick it, and the pack will quickly form, we'll call a ball up. I just noticed watching on the hill there, uh, one Lisa Coach Kiwi Roper watching the game, assistant coach Sandringham Dragons, and of course, one of our co-commentators, and uh, she had a bit of interesting information about last week at Essen, which I'll get back to you shortly on, as it's coming way, way too high, Millie Sean, and she'll get a free kick. She was on the hill last week watching Essendon in Port Melbourne, sitting next to her watching her first game of footy for the year, one Peter Searle. Well, what, what, what does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. As the ball is now in the middle of the ground, courtesy of the Sean kick, there was a bit of a grubber. Now going in there is uh, Hazlitt. Hazlitt is immediately wrapped up, but I do know that Peter Searle was inquiring about certain players. Mm. Coach Searle back again, maybe? Oh, geez, you'd love to see that. I mean, love to. geez, I reckon probably a bit stiff to not, to, to not be coaching the Saints side uh, this year. So Garner works it towards half forward. Cameron couldn't take the mark really well to smother the kick off Lawson Tavern's boot. And now there'll be a stoppage. But half forward for the Hawks. Sarah Cameron on debut for the Hawks today. St. Kevin's Vaffa player. 
has had an almost day, almost taken a couple of marks inside 50, but her pressure has been elite. There's one of the leading disposal getters on the ground, Amy Whelan, sends it inside 50 for the Hawks, gets out the back to Dom Carbone, has McNeese for company. So elects to see it over the boundary line for a throw-in. It's around about 30 metres from that left point post. Hawks heading to the left of your screen, to the left of your dial for this final term. They lead by 43 points, four minutes gone. Amy Whelan, Amy Whelan, the five clearances as well. Lucy's been absolutely uh, sensational around stoppage play. So she played for the Seagulls last year and now has made her way to the Hawks list. As Garner almost got a handball away. And here she is again, Amy Whelan, showing off those wheels as she gets the handball to Hay. Goes inside 50, looking for a target in Cameron. There's the mark from Sarah Cameron. She's been threatening to take it all day. In fact, it's Shannon. So Shannon as well has been threatening inside forward 50 for the Hawks. Directly in front, 15 metres out. Can she kick her first goal? Oh. No. She's pushed it left. Eliza Shannon hasn't kicked a goal this year yet. That's a bad miss. I mean, that, 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 look, you look at the scoreboard, and I think Hawthorne should probably be 10 goals ahead at this stage. I mean, Well, they've kicked 10 behinds. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, look, I think the way, this is probably the one area of the ground that they probably should be working on this week at training, just their, just their set shot and goal kicking. That one, I think, she sort of tried to tug herself a little bit to the right, try and get a little bit of extra distance on that. Didn't, need, didn't exactly need to. Gun from full back. Oh, it's not the greatest of kicks, though. Ball's on the carpet, picked up by Carbone. Goes a little hurried hand pass away into a contest. In there is McNeese holding it up. And the umpire is circling, blows the whistle, and will call for a ball up. 45 metres out from the Hawthorne goal, going to left of screen for those watching on YouTube. Left of your radio dial for those on wharfradio.com and at the ground, delay free on 89.1 FM. Simpson was lurking nearby. Just put a hurried little hand, a hand in there to stop it from getting to Francisi. Maybe how without it, miss it. The umpire said no, play on. Still in a pack situation as McKay comes in to lay a tackle. Oh, busting the way through is Hay. Hay on the left boot, put into a dangerous position and taking a mark 25 metres out on a 45 degree angle. Once again is Eliza Shannon. Well, that's the, that's the thing I've, I've been really impressed with Hawthorne. Is that, especially in the second half, it's lowering their eyes, trying to find the, the right lead uh, heading heading into the, into the target. And uh, look at this kick. Oh, Wilbur Post. Oh. Hello, Wilbur. Hit the woodwork. Gee, she didn't waste no time trying to get that away. Uh, hurried up. I like it. Get on with it, she says. 6-11-47, Hawthorne, Darabin, two behinds. And we've played about uh, five and a half minutes into this final term. So Lawson, Lawson Tavern played it in, looking for McAloon. She dropped the mark. Opened the door for Zagetti. you got to kick around the corner to the pocket. Carbone sees it over the boundary line. So still inside the Hawks. Attacking 50. Darabin struggling to get it out again in this fourth term. The boundary umpire sets himself for a throw-in. Rux will contest 40 metres from the Hawks' goal. As Zagetti picks up the ground ball. Handball ends with Mifsud wrapped up by Callan and still got the kick away. Carbone couldn't take the mark. Harassed out of it by Lawson Tavern. We'll have another boundary throw in this time about 15 meters from that right point post inside attacking 50 for the Hawks so it's going to be Stratton this time who goes up in the ruck 
And Cowley do parquet. Tap down, one by Zagetti. Kick towards goal, bounces just away to the right-hand side. Hawthorne's 11th behind of the game. 12th, sorry. 6-12-48 lead Darabin yet to score a goal. Two behinds. 13 minutes to go in this fourth term. Hazlitt takes the mark in the back pocket on the broadcast side. Just looking ahead for some options. Millie Sean is on in the pocket. She can get to oh. Oh, just a little too wide. Out of bounds on the full. And Hay will take the resulting free kick for Hawthorne. It's almost been the story of the day today, Pete. They just Their, their skill set, I, I like what they're trying to do, but they just can't pull it off at the moment. And, and her kick will also go out of bounds on the full. So free kick going the way of uh, the Darabin Falcons in Ashley Gunn. I think the difference between the kicks is, besides that fluff one there by the Hawks, is if you look back at the vision, the Hawks kick with purpose, while Darabin's trying to do the same thing, but they're kicking with hesitation. Yeah, I think maybe a, maybe a half second too slow, perhaps, because it just yeah. al- it just allows them to get to get right back into it. And you look at you look at all, all the Hawthorns kicks, especially the ones in the forty-five. They're just so clean. Lawson Tavern now with the ball in the opposite back pocket. She'll go long and up the line. Nicole Cullinan went up there. Great spoiling work from behind done by Mifsud, and that sees the ball go over the boundary line and out of bounds with assistance from Emma Humphreys. 6-12-48 Hawthorne, Darabin 2 behind. Don't forget, coming up at 1pm on the VFLW YouTube channel, you can watch Casey versus North Melbourne at Casey Fields with Brent Sternberg and Elise Collette. So ball back into play. Perrett takes it out of the ruck. Handball swatted away by Callanan. Goes to ground. Now Mifsud. Ends up with the ball in her hands for a high and an up, up and under going into forward 50. Carbone, sorry, Barulda slaps it away. Kick goes to the goal square. Just slapped through for a behind. So Hawthorne 6 13 49 to Darabin's two behinds. 11 minutes to go in this quarter. Another opportunity for Darabin to bring it out. Doesn't find a target. Ends up in the hands of Lawson Tavern who gets it to Mackay, who gets it to Rebolt, who goes into the middle of the ground to Simpson. Simpson just managed to squeeze a handball out to Hazlitt. Her handball, though, picked off by McRae, who goes over the top to Francisi, just got one out to Mifsud, goes short, looking for Cameron. Gunn did really well to bring it to ground, but Whelan cleaned up the crumbs, got it to Mifsud, who's going to have a shot on goal, but it's going to work its way left and miss everything. Squirtly around the ground scores Geelong 6-10-46. Lead Port Melbourne one behind. Nearly Ooh. eight minutes gone in that final quarter at Deakin. As we wait for the ball to be brought back into play, going short to Gogos. Just before it went out of bounds, he managed to take that. Taking the mark there in front of Grace McRae. Gogos looking for some options. Not much on Lawson Tavern, kind of half-heartedly put the hand up, so she goes, I'll go in your direction then. And there's plenty of a pack performing around her, including uh, Perrett, who's the tallest of them all. She brought it to ground and saw it dribble over the boundary line and out of bounds. We'll get some thoughts on the dock. Well, I've been really impressed with the clearance work as well. Amy, uh, Segetti, seven clearances. Whelan, six. And even Barulton, the, the, the three as well. So I think... You look at those. You look at those three players. They're the, they're the grunt. They're the grunt work at the um, at the source for Hawthorne. As the ball is thrown back into play, now taken out by Dom Carbone, who kicks it towards the hotspot, 30 metres out from goal. Went over the head there. Stratton Blackwood going with her as well. Here's a hurry, little soccer along the ground. Jessie Williams has put it through, and she has got three. And that moves the score now to 7-13-55 Hawthorne. 
Darabin two behind. Everyone was watching Stratton. They didn't see Williams out the back. <laughs> well, look, it, it's been the it was a Chrissy Stratton show at the first half, but uh, Jesse Jesse Williams has just taken taken reins in the second half. Just I've really loved watching her at the foot of the ball every time. She's just looking very lively at every chance. And geez, I tell you what. It, I like, I, like, I like the look of this forward line for Hawthorne. I was about to say, one thing I really enjoyed about the Hawks forward line is even if they don't get that mark, they've made an opportunity every single time. Absolutely, and, that, and that's, a, and that's a, a genius thing. I'm, I'm looking at this this forward line setup here at Hawthorne. There hasn't, there's not exactly a tall forward there. Obviously, Tegan Cunningham's on the list, not playing today. But I've, I've really enjoyed watching them sort of make up that forward line structure on the fly they've got two two really good small forward options there that could potentially be on Hawthorne list in 2023 so it's going to be another clearance going the way of the Hawks Baroudson gets to centre half forward two bounces what she's going to do she's going to go towards goal umpire is going to give a free kick because she was pushed off it after she kicked it so is it going to be two in a minute for the Hawks. It looked like they're going to they're going to put it at the top of the square here, the umpires. Downfield free kick, yeah. So downfield free kick. Berulden with that excellent run from the centre of the ground. She was dealt with after she kicked it. So it hands the football to Jessie Williams. Yes, and she puts it straight through the middle for her fourth goal of the game. Hawks 8-13, 61 to Darabin, two behinds. I tell you what, Jesse Williams has got to buy Berylson a drink there because that, that was that was all set up by her in, in that in that in that passage of play. Just the the, the ability to just burst out of the stoppage. Yeah. That that's been fantastic. I've been very impressed with how how she's played today. I think she is a comes from an athletics background, so doesn't surprise me that she's got some pace and some good running skills. I tell you what, you, you wouldn't mind seeing that on an AFLW field next year. Just looking at uh, from the. Um development list born in 99 170 centimeters tall and uh home club is abafaldi i think she's a hawks academy player as well so look out for her maybe possibly aflw listed who oh, knows watch out. Here she comes again and she has another crack at it and with the help of emma humphreys the manager to corral there darren opponent but in comes buckley to try and wrap things up and the umpire blows the whistle and says uh, i'll have the football back please just near the half-forward flank for Hawthorne on the broadcast side of the ground. Perrot versus Lynch again. Perrot wins it down. Good little body work here. Humphreys went onto it. Couldn't get there in the nick of time. Buckley tried to get a hurry kick away. It was smothered. Here comes Cullinan under all kinds of pressure from Camilleri. Managed to get the hand pass away on time. Kelly Dupaquet was there. Missed down there. Camp copped an elbow on the way through. I think she caught one in the lip. From my vantage point, we're not looking exactly at the uh, TV monitor. I thought I saw a stray elbow, but obviously on YouTube and those at the tribunal will take a little bit of a closer look at that one and straight examine to the it. Chin, Pete. Looked really bad. John O'Van there on the boundary line says straight to the chin. In WWE, you'd love it. You called Sweet Chin Music, but uh, the problem is uh, this is a football game and you can't do that. As uh, coming away with it is Kemp. Kemp now on the right boot. Goes long and with purpose. Inside 50. Williams, excellent body work. Oh, now she's no. got space. Just couldn't quite pick it up cleanly. Manages to soccer it forward. Here comes Stratton. Stratton says, I want four. Stratton is just away to the left. Oh, that looked like a goal. It looked very good, but just, just, just missed by about a metre. 8-14-62, Hawthorne, Darabin, two behind, five and a half minutes remaining here in the final quarter. Would have been a, de would have been a bee's diaphragm in that one, Peter. I think it, it would have just, just squeezed the post there. So Gunn to bring it in for the Falcons. Lynch brought it to ground. 
got it back, went inboard. Zagetti, snap on goal. Perfect. She well adds the Hawks ninth. So that's 9, 14, 68. Hawks leading by 66 points. Good reward for effort for Lauren Zagetti. Had an amazing game. She's been fantastic, Lauren Zagetti. Just a, a player that's just really just dominated from start to end. Been on the end of a lot of lot of good scoring chains uh, off, off the off the back of clearance work and. They just look at Darabin. They they, they they just they, they just look cooked. They just, yeah. they, they just they, there's no no one really leading towards the ball, and they're just sort of gathering around in a big pack and hoping it comes to them and just try and get it forward through um through quick kicks without thinking. So Zagetti, 20 disposals, just added a goal to that. Two marks, two tackles as well, and she's been very good in the clearances as well for the Hawks. Ball's thrown up in the air, Perrett wins again. Umpire says there's a bit of a holding going on here and it will be a free kick going the way of the Darabin Falcons. So they'll have the ball in the middle of the ground on the edge of the two circles. And Buckley will go with a kick now. Is that a yeah, encroachment? Let's go for a 50-metre walk, shall we, towards centre-half forward. So maybe a chance for Darabin to try and get a goal on the scoreboard before time expires. They've got four minutes to do it and Alan Buckley has the ball and she is about uh, 45 metres out from goal. Maybe a bit behind her range. We know it's definitely Lucy Watkin range. We saw her kick off one step one day from outside 50 at Melbourne Uni. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> In comes Buckley. Kicks it. It's long, but it will hit hands at the goal square. Came out originally by Francisi. Went over the top. That was good. Berolson again gets it. Now kicks it long. Williams is further up the ground if they can try and get it to her. Blanket, uh, oh. Trying to get it there is Camilleri and the ball will go over the boundary line and out of bounds. And uh, we will call for a throw in just near the scoreboard. 9-14-68 Hawthorne. Darabin two behind. Three and a half minutes remaining in the game. So good opportunity for Darabin to keep it in their forward half and kick their first goal of the game. Lynch and Perrett in the ruck again. Tap down. Gogos, first to get hands to it, does get the kick inside 50. Mills juggles it, takes the mark. Trinity Mills, slight angle, 45 from goal. Does she have the distance? There's no players in the goal square at the moment if she can kick it quickly. She goes in that direction. No mark taken. McClendon did well. Cowley Duparquet and McAloon were there in the pocket. They've got it out for a stoppage. So another opportunity here for the Falcons. I'll tell you what, there haven't been many winners around the ground for Darabin today, but I've really liked Kelly Duparquet. I mean, just the, the, the way she attacks the ball, there's something about her that I just really enjoy. She's played a great game, Kelly Duparquet, as the ball comes back in. Neither Ruck got a hand to it. Buckley slapped it away. Lynch came through, got it off the ground. Baraldston hand pulls it back to Hay. She had company, now Carbone. Got it to Camilleri, who got it back to McClendon. Was steady in defence to get a kick to Perrett, who will take a good, calming mark for the Hawks' defence. Perrett with the football, just looking around, waiting, letting the time waste away. Why not when your side is up by uh, 66 points? Kicks up the line, looking for McRae. Richly gets Zagetti with a hand pass over the top, teaming up with Cameron, who releases. And now the long kick towards the half-forward flank. As the ball dribbles inside the centre square now. Good little shepherding work done by Berildson on that occasion. But uh, in the end, Balding's kick wasn't all that great. It ended up with Lawson Tavid who got it out towards the centre wing position on the northern side of the ground. 
Hawks might win back the football, though. Lawson Tavern had to go back again and get it with Bolding on a hammer. Kicks it up the line. Oh, a bit of a clash there as Mifsa tried to go in and pick up the football. Now winning it there is Zagetti with a hand pass, but straight into trouble. And the umpire will circle by the whistle and call for a ball up. Minute remaining in the game. We get some thoughts from the dock. Well, look, it's it's just been a, a terrific win by the Hawks today. I think, look, we, we can talk about the scoring options, but they've just dominated control of, of the play for, for the most part of this game. It's been impressive around the contest by Darabin in patches, but... It's just, it's, just their, it's just their ball use that's, uh, that's letting them down horribly at the moment. So ticking down to full time. 40 seconds remaining. Hawthorne lead by 66 points. As the ball just bobbles on that outer wing. Another foray forward. Late for the Falcons. Simpson couldn't get in front of her opponent. Now Hay busts through. Holding the football. Yeah, so that's what I call that. Callanan, she tells Mackay to give it to her quickly, and she plays on. She just tumbles it inside 50 oh. through the hands of Simpson. McClendon handballs to Zagetti, just kicks it to Francisi. He'll mark and will tick down to full time here at La Trobe University. And the Hawks, they get their second win of the VFLW season. And it's a big win by 66 points over the Falcons. Jesse Williams, four goals. Don Carbone, a single. And Christy Stratton had three first-half goals. No goal kickers for the Falcons. John O'Venn is going to get an interview. Doc, who should we get for John O'Venn? Oh, jeez. It's like kid and candy store. You can pick about <laughs> maybe half a dozen players to, uh, to really really pick from. I reckon we should, get, we should get Christy Stratton on board, I think. Okay, let's go the for the strat attack. You reckon? The yeah, let's go. The, let's go for the strat attack. Absolutely, I'll be uh, with her very shortly. Kick three goals today, Christy Stratton. And uh, just before we quickly get into this game, I just want to give an around-the-ground score. Uh, nearing full-time at uh, Deakin University, Geelong, 7-10-52. Lead Port Melbourne, one behind. Oof. And remember, coming up at 1 o'clock on the VFLW YouTube channel, you'll have Casey versus North Melbourne, Brent Sternberg with Elise Collette. But for Alex Doherty and Lucy Watkin, your thoughts on Hawthorne's Big win today at Latrobe. Yeah, look, I think it's been a, a statement win here today by Hawthorne. I think they've uh, the way that they've the way that they've pressed, they've suffocated Darabin, uh, Darabin's ball movement early in that first quarter. The second quarter, yeah, Darabin, I think was impressive around the contest. But then you look at the the overall skill set that Darabin have. I mean, you, it's left it's it's almost like it's left for too few. I mean, Gogos was good, yeah. Callanan was very good, Lawson Taven was, was a rock and defence for for the most part of this game, but. Then after that, like, who, who, who's, li who's lifting for this team? Yeah. I mean, there's just not a lot, not a lot there for Darabin at the moment. But I think they'll, they'll, they'll go back and they'll work it and they'll, they'll highlight bits and pieces that, that, that have really impressed. And, I, and I've definitely loved the, definitely loved their, their work around the contest. It was very, very good, especially in that second quarter. But you look at the Hawks, and I think Lucy, uh, just the overall fitness is just, it was the, was the, was the big difference in the end. Yeah, they were running out that game very, very strongly, the Hawks. But John O'Venn has got our guest in Christy Stratton. I do have uh, Christy Stratton with me. Thanks, Luce. Well, it's good to be back on the winners list, Christy. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, yeah, the girls played really well today and it was a well-deserved win. Had eight goals between uh, yourself, Dom C and Jesse Williams. This uh, forward line at Hawthorne, it's, uh, it's doing pretty well so far in the season. Yeah, well, unfortunately, we had um, a late withdrawal with Tam um, Luke going out. So a bit of a 
small forward line change up, which was a bit different for us. But um, yeah, us forwards love kicking goals. <laughs> <laughs> Got the pies next week. You don't know when or where, but uh, I did Chloe McMillan, uh, senior coach of the pies. She reckons you're pretty good. Uh, what are you looking forward to next week? Oh, I mean, playing my old team, it's never going to be easy. So, um, yeah, it will be exciting. Um, but, yeah, us Hawks have to bring our best game to play against Collingwood. So, yeah. Well, Christy Stratton, thanks so much for joining us on wolfradio.com. Thank you for having me. Christy Stratton down there on the boundary line. Thanks to John O'Vent for his marvellous work down there. Yes, just that little interesting twist in the tail, isn't mm -hmm. it, next week? Stratton versus her old team. Yeah, geez, I reckon she'd be fired up for that one, Pete, don't you reckon? It's, um, oh, look, I, I, look, I, I looked, watched, it, watched a few Collingwood games in the BFLW, BFLW last year, and Stratton was just absolutely amazing. It was just, a, just a, a shame to see her let go by the pies. I think so, some, it's like the old saying goes, someone else's trash is another, another person's treasure, Lucy. Yeah, definitely. And I thought Stratton, she did really well in the VFLW season last year as well, in that she was one of those players that in the VFLW made herself pickable for that AFLW team. She had performances they couldn't ignore. And then she had a really strong run of form, I thought, for Collingwood, played in the prelim final against Brisbane, that they that she was unfortunately the player on the goal line, that the ball bounced over her head from Sarah Road, then they just missed out on playing in that grand final. So it goes to show what changing the VFRW season to this time of the year has done because it allows it allowed a player like her to get back into that AFLW side. But her performance today, as she said, it was a small forward line and they still did everything they could to bring the ball to ground, make it a contest and make it hard for the Falcons' defence despite not having that target up forward. Absolutely. And, and I think you look, you, look at it, you look at her form up forward and I think she's... We've seen her play across across the midfield at times at Collingwood last year. She's added another. She's obviously added another string to her bow, playing as that small forward. Just the, the way she leads, the way she pressures the ball. That's exactly what you want from your small forwards. And I tell you what, if she keeps up this form, there's just going to be no no ignoring you know mm. that she deserves another another crack at the AFLW next year. Let me pose this thought to you, looking further ahead for Hawthorne as they'll enter the AFLW. Obviously, the side that you've got out there, you might take maybe about a third, a half or so uh, to your AFLW list. If you look at how they're playing now, what's the type of positional player do you think you would like to get for them just to sprinkle into their side to improve on what we've seen today? Oh, it's, a, it's, it's a tough one because I think back, you, you don't want to alter the list too much. If, if, you want, if you want a team to do well, you, then I think just keep the the core group of this team together and see what they can do and at the moment they're, they're playing good football like yeah. we, we saw we saw it today and we've seen it a couple of weeks ago when, when they when they won quite handily um, I, I think you look I, I don't know what I don't know what the, exactly the key needs are. look they've got a lot of a lot of good players that played well today Sagetti you've got carbone I thought did some really good things Nick Garner was was, was quite solid across that across that defensive line. Just intercepting a lot of th lot of things at will, but if if, if you really you could, look, you could go after a, a, a big name player in Victoria, and I think it would it would certainly would certainly would help the Hawks a lot. But I think you look at look at the core list, and I think the way that they the way that they just connect with each other already, you know, you, I don't think you really need to need to worry too much about. Yeah, I thought Ainsley Kemp was really really good today. I think her decision making, she was so level headed in defence, but also just her ability to affect every contest that she was a part of and every disposal that she had, I reckon, would have been pretty much effective. Um, and she really controlled play from that back line. And I really liked her game today. In terms of a player that you want to 
bring in, I suppose you just want a bit, you always want experience in the midfield, mm. I think. And, you know, it's, it's really hard and we've seen it, I think, from teams like Geelong and stuff like that when they've gone into the AFLW. If you don't have an experienced midfielder who knows what it's like playing in the AFLW, you can struggle in that area a bit. So I think sometimes you do have to bring in someone like that who can, um, what's it called, make a difference in that area, have an impact. Uh, for me, and, and the key difference is Tamara Luke was missing was the late yeah. withdrawal. I looked at their full line. Despite them kicking a lot of goals today, I thought, geez, I'd like Stratton to be the number two and Williams to be the number three and have, because Perrett was doing all the rucking today, have just that other tall who can play mm. forward. So you can mix up your forward line if you want to be small or tall and ro- either rove off or go for a blitz and run in. Yeah, definitely. It would have made such a difference. We did mention how well Chrissy Stratton and Williams and Carbone did to make everything a contest yeah. inside forward 50. But can you imagine if they had a tall forward that was there for them to run through and pick up those crumbs? Like, that would have made such a difference. But there's not much you can do when you have laid outs like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, you've got Tegan Cunningham that's waiting back in the wings in, in yeah. the next week or two. So, yeah. And we, we, we've seen the situation with her at Melbourne that, you know, Harris, Harris came in, sort of forced her a, a little bit to go out. I, I think she's. I, th- I personally think she's still got an, another year or two. We know she's a, we sh- she's an elder head now in in women's football. But I th- honestly think you look at you look at her. You you plunk her into that in, into the goal square. She's a good contested grab. Mm. So I, I I wouldn't mind seeing wouldn't mind seeing how this Hawks forward line unit operates with her in there because I think she, she's she's been very good. She's been very good considering the fact that she's come into football quite late. Yep. Uh, I think there's a. Uh, look, there's, there's certainly still a lot of upside to this Hawthorne team, and like you said, Lucy, look, maybe maybe a senior experience head in the, in the midfield from one of the rival Victorian clubs wouldn't be a bad idea. That or a fountain of youth for Lou Watton and Meg Hutchins to turn back the time maybe about <laughs> 10 years so they can <laughs> run out there again. <laughs> uh, well, that just about wraps things up here on wharfradio.com here at the ground. Don't forget, 1 o'clock, you have Casey Demons and North Melbourne. From Casey Fields on the VFLW YouTube stream. First of all, to John O'Van, who did his work on the boundary. Ironically, as you finish, it just got that little bit cooler. Yes, indeed. Uh, well, it's been very cool up here by the feels of things. No, but it was a great day out here at Latrobe, and uh, looking forward to next week. Thank you very much to John O. To Alex Doherty from the Mongrel Punt down the end, thank you for your fine work as match analyst today. Oh, always a pleasure to call with you, Pete, and, and to you, Lucy, and to you, John O. as well. Uh, can't wait to do it all again next time. And a warm welcome back to the superstar herself. You see her on afl.com.au, or if you open the app, you see her smiley face promoting the Credit to the Girls podcast. And I, I, I have a bone to pick. Nat Edwards was away. Why wasn't this woman hosting the W show? Why wasn't Lucy Watkin in the seat? Look, I would have been ready for the call-up, but um, maybe one day, maybe one day. But so good to be back on air for uh, with Wharf Radio. Looking forward to another really, really, really good VFLW season. So hopefully I'll be back very soon. If it doesn't happen next time, I'm going to a change.org petition. Put Lucy Watkin <laughs> in the W show host chair. Oh, one of the first signs, Peter. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Thank you very much to Lucy Watkin, Alex Doherty and John O'Venn. I'm Peter Holden. Thank you so much for your company. Hawthorne winners today, 9-14-68 over the Darabin Falcons, two behinds. We'll catch you tomorrow at 9am for Collingwood and Williamstown.